0: So it's a bit of a different one today, isn't it, Lucas? It feels so strange not to have the, 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 the peering eyes of like a hundred people staring directly into my soul.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I just started recording and was like, is this all I have to do? Like, what? what I'm doing something wrong.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's weird how I quickly you get used to things like that. So uh, to is clarify, it? this is episode, what, seventy three, seventy four?
1: I believe it's 73.
0: Seventy three at the Cow's Corner podcast, and we're not recording this one live on Twitch because um just I had, I had shit to deal with yesterday, mm-hmm. and we just did not have time. And yeah, thankfully, not thankfully, I, I shouldn't have to thank this, but um, uh, it was nice that I didn't get any shit for that.
1: Yeah, it was. I oddly strange. Like, yeah, it shouldn't be strange, but it was kind of strange. I didn't just see, oh, like you know, uh, we missed our. Uh, you know, Twitch appointment, essentially, and I didn't get a load of shit on Twitter or anything like that.
0: Yeah, people were mostly nice about it. And it's that thing of... Uh, I always think about to a story you told me. Is it the guy who was streaming, like, streams every day? Mm-hmm. And, like, just put a post out saying, I can't stream tonight because of insert, like, emergency. That is no one's business but their own. Yeah. And just the top responses from a guy like, oh, thanks, I took the day off to watch this. <laughs> just absolutely zero self-awareness about, like, what they're doing. It's like, this... I am only thinking about this in the the way that it impacts my
1: life. Mm -hmm. And clearly, like, that streamer gave a shit. Enough to apologise about it. Mm -hmm. And they must have had something important going on that they had to cancel that day.
0: Even if they didn't, it's their prerogative.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But generally speaking, if someone's a full-time streamer, they'll, uh, like, not announce on the day that they're not streaming. They'd announce, you know, in advance if it's planned.
0: And that's, um, it's something I've always been, not always been aware of, but I've, I've been aware of it. It's like for as long as I've been streaming. So for as long as I've been doing this, I've been aware of that behavior and that um, uh, the backlash that you can get. And I've always just been so keen to avoid it. Mm. Um, and by avoid it, I mean, just like, I, I don't care. Like, yeah. uh, like yesterday, it's like, I've got shit going on. We're not doing it. Mm-hmm. And because I've just seen so many responses. like I, I find myself thinking, how can a person simultaneously be a a big enough fan of someone, whether like you know, for example, that previous guy take a day off to watch it, but then throw a screaming shit fit when they announce like oh, I'm not feeling very well because it impacts their life.
1: Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because you would think if they cared that much about the streamer or you know whatever it may be, that you would be like, oh, okay, well, you know, I. Enjoy what you do, and I appreciate you as a, a person. So go for okay. it. I hope you're okay. Yeah, but apparently not.
0: <laughs> it just shows, doesn't it, where um, it's that's the danger of parasocial relationships, where you only see them in terms of what you're getting out of it, and the moment that you don't, you'll move on to someone else, and it's why mm-hmm. um, uh, burnout is such a prevalent issue online. Yeah. And it's something, again, I've been aware of since I've started writing. I've known a lot of people who have just stopped creating content, whether it's writing articles, um, making music, making YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. Because just the sheer amount of stuff they're expected to deal with on a day-to-day basis just overwhelms them and they just stop.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And
0: it's it's awful to think about because I've only ever been burned out like once or twice. Mm -hmm. And it is an awful feeling. To just be completely devoid of any motivation whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. And just have no desire to do anything. Like, um, I think when I got burned out, I couldn't even look at a screen because looking at a screen just made me feel like I was working, Mm. which meant that I couldn't like watch TV. I couldn't like play a video game. I just sat and stared at my wall for like three hours straight without moving and went,
2: This is awful.
1: Yeah. It's funny. (laughs) I, I saw a tweet the other day and it was like, Oh, it's nice to finally be done um, looking at my medium-sized screen. Best go look at my big screen while I also periodically check my little screen.
0: (laughs) That's not that one, isn't it? uh, Man, I hate being in a pandemic and just spending all my time in the same house, just looking at um, a screen. I prefer to drive between two to three houses four times a week for the entirety (laughs) of my life. Now that's living. It's a weird thing to complain about because obviously, you know, life is so much easier in a lot of respects. But yeah, that one just got me when I was in that situation. I was just
1: staring directly at a wall and went, what do I do? I don't know how to relax. Exactly. And it's a weird thing, isn't it? Of like, what do you do in that situation where, okay, well, what do you do to relax? Well, oh, okay. I sit there and play games. Okay. But sitting there playing games or watching TV now is a burden on me.
0: It feels like work, or it's just it just actively stresses you out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What do you do in that situation? It's, it's weird to think that's something that can happen, but it did happen to me. And like, I feel for anyone who's experienced burnout, it's awful.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I've not experienced what I'd call burnout, but I have obviously, like, most people do days where like motivation eludes me a little bit. Mm-hmm. And there are times from working at home where I just have to turn around to Jenna and go, like, Look, um, I'm just going to have to like work at night or something because I'm just staring at a screen and my eyes are glazing over.
0: It's, there's nothing here. I have no motivation. whatsoever. It's, it's, and it's, it's just me. a
1: waste of time to sit there and force yourself to do anything because I know I either won't work or the work that I will do is going to be lackluster.
2: Hmm. And it's
1: well, just a waste of time. I might as well get up and like, you know, go for a walk or whatever it is.
0: Yeah. And that's part of like creating stuff online and it's um, just working through that feeling. It's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I've, experienced it like once and when I was like being overwhelmed and um uh, just that feeling I realized I'm never going to do this again and yeah that's one of the reasons I'm like I'm so thorny I guess in my interactions with people I'm so guarded in my personal life because I tried letting people into in my personal life and it fucking went terrible <laughs> like um, when we and I don't like people started. are
1: obviously going to get worried you still let people in your actual life get yeah I personal mean life.
0: I mean like um online
1: just uh, so then, people are aware, I knew what you meant, but yeah. Yeah, but uh, to
0: clarify, yeah, it's just um, being online and being a public figure, there's uh, an expectation that you're allowed access to your life. And I think a good microcosm of that is just um, the channel's refusal to adopt um, a P.O. box. Mm. So we've talked about this a couple of times before, but like, you know, a P.O. box, I'm guessing you've seen a couple of channels that I, they adopt that, yeah?
1: Uh, yeah, in fact, like I'd say most, if not all, channels that I follow either have a peer box and talk about it or have one and probably don't mention it. And uh, we have
0: been asked multiple times, like, why don't you have one? Because I want to send you something. Mm-hmm. And the, the easy answer is, I don't want to go to the post office yeah. once a week and drag a bunch of shit that I don't want into my house and then find a place for it. Mm-hmm. And um, especially as I like working online and, you know, ex- seeing... Um, how other people have dealt with this, like the amount of stuff that they get is overwhelming.
2: Yeah, yeah. I remember
0: totally. a story told me by a friend of mine a couple of years ago, she watched a YouTuber like mugs or something like that. And she had a PO box and within like two weeks, I had like 300 mugs. Oh so God. I love mugs, but what am I going to do with 300 mugs? I've got to throw them away and then they feel bad about throwing them away. Mm-hmm. And then they're getting shit. Well, I sent you a present and you threw it away. It's like, but I've got like f- like 50 of the exact same thing.
1: I can't find the space for it. And bear in mind, like a lot of these streamers are you know either living in a flat or say you know streamers content creators in general but a lot of them are like living in a flat or maybe they are living in a house with family or friends or a partner Mm. and that is just one room that they have to make content then if that starts spilling over into like the rest of your storage space that you basically don't have it just yeah you've got to get rid of that shit
0: yeah, and then you feel bad about doing that, mm-hmm. and um, it's similar to, like uh, then you have the case of people sending things that are like, way too expensive or inappropriate. Yeah. Like, uh, I think The Best Friends, when I watched those, people were sending them, like, giant swords in the mail. What the hell? Worth, like, worth like hundreds of dollars, and they had, like, a, one of their videos where, at the end, they forgot to hit record or whatever too late, and you can hear them go, the fuck are we going to do with all this shit?
1: And they Uh-oh. had to release,
0: like, an apology video saying we're really sorry, cause it sounds ungrateful, but... We've got sent like six swords, and none of us collect swords. But people seem to think that we want these swords, and now we've got these really expensive gifts that we feel bad about it throwing away, but we don't want to accept.
1: Yeah, that is a a weird situation to be in, isn't it? Yeah, and it's- And then what, see- like, oh, okay, if you get rid of them or we'll sell it on or whatever it is or regift, like you then look like an asshole, as you said. Yeah,
0: and uh, another one they got was people sending them like Blu-ray box sets of animes worth hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Oh, God. And it's like, yeah, I feel uncomfortable taking this. And mm-hmm. if I don't want it, then I feel bad that I'm then just throwing it away. Yeah. And uh, the closest I've got to experiencing that is I have like a registered business address, which is just my accountant's office. hmm And uh, my accountant, um, bless them, said, well, we're going to do this because um, we don't want people to be able to find where you live. Yeah, It's so yeah. my, my accountant um, is a no-nonsense like lady in her 60s who's been doing it for like 30 years. Mm-hmm. And she just told me straight up, I explained my situation, because I was thinking, she's like, what the hell's YouTube? I don't care. I don't care what it is you do, but my job is to protect your privacy and your private life. Yeah. Um, Your office is registered here. Anything that gets sent that's not got official correspondence on it from a bank, or someone you tell us gets immediately thrown in the bin. Mm -hmm. Straight away.
2: Yeah, that's fair um, enough.
0: Yeah, and the day after I um, formed that business, I got, the story is, uh, there was an Amazon package, Addressed to me, sent to the office,
1: just um, immediately
0: they, with a bottle of alcohol in it, saying to Carl, "I'm sorry," and my accountant just threw it straight in the bin. And I feel bad, but at the same time, why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I apologise profusely. No, this is why we did it. And, and that's they, the
1: thing is, especially when it's from fans. Like I've, you know, mentioned a few times. I don't, I don't care if a company wants to reach out and go, "We're going to send you some free swag." Yeah, I don't care because it's
0: like, you know, a big company spending some money on me who gives a fuck. And if I throw that away, I'm not going to feel bad about it.
1: Yeah. But generally speaking, if it's a big company like that, um, you can generally either do a bit of research or just trust that you can probably give them your home address because they're not going to be a weird stalker.
0: Yeah. And I've had that a few times, like when we worked with um, Psycho, Psycho Apparel. Yeah. Um, I gave them um, my home address and my work address because. Um, they're run by another YouTuber mm-hmm. Ross Boomsocks who understood that yeah I don't want weirdos knowing where I live he's like yeah I get it Yeah, I get it <laughs> Like this will be on like our official correspondence no one else is going to have access to this address it's like you know we're a fucking professional business exactly yeah uh, but um, on the other hand like uh, when we started um, recording videos from home and the first few videos of those started to go up when we didn't have a green screen I want to say I got about a dozen people sending me a message if you tell me where you live I'll send you A green screen and then when i tried to explain to them i don't want to tell a stranger where i live they got aggressive well i'm not going to do anything weird about it. it's like you're offering to send a stranger a green screen in the mail this is already weird (laughs) yeah it's already a little bit odd it's already a little bit odd but then people got aggressive and annoyed that i wouldn't tell them yeah it's like um, i can only compare it to when you see weird guys or you hear stories from like girls about weird guys who talk to them of can i get your phone number I don't really want to hand out my phone. Why? I'm not. A, I'm not a murderer or anything. Because well, I didn't think you were. But the fact that you're so insistent that you're not makes me even more uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And it's the only thing I can compare it to. and It's probably quite um, crass to uh, compare it to, like you know, actual harassment that women get. But it's the only uh, just comparison in my mind that uh, seems apt.
1: Yeah, and I will just say on a side note, by the way, I know so many female friends that have a fake number that they memorized. Have, yeah. And then, you know, if they want to pull the shit off, oh, well, I'm going to call you back immediately, they just kind of walk away. It's like, whatever, you know. They do okay. they do their best to just get away as soon as possible, but... And you know
0: that guy gets mad about that.
1: Yeah. And it's just, man... Like, it, it's just horrible to, like, know that we live in a world where so many of my female friends have to have that situation.
0: Yeah, well, it's like um, again, it's a really crass comparison, but I have to have a address that I'm shielded from, where someone goes through and sorts through mail sent to me and just immediately disposes of it. Yeah, as part of their job. And like when I talk to them about it, because I, I so, like, this is something you you must be, oh, and we're dealing with the meets? You'd be surprised how much stuff gets sent to just like business owners in general. Mm, Yeah, like, like say for instance, so give me an example. Like we've got a guy who owns like a fucking trucking company, it's like something to do with trucks and shipping. Every mm-hmm. single day, we're getting sent just like um, packages from like sales people. Right. Yeah. Wanting to work with them, and it's basically like um, if he if his address was publicly listed, that'd be going to his house, and we again we throw all that away for him. Mm-hmm. So like uh, it's similar. it's similar to what we're dealing with here. It's it's a bit weird that people, the the stuff being sent is not from like a company or someone wanting to work with you, but it's the same thing of it's shit you don't want and shouldn't have to deal with.
2: Yeah, exactly. And it's the
0: reason why
1: you have your business address registered here. And I
0: thought, man, oh yeah, that must be so
1: infuriating. Mm -hmm. Constantly just getting sent like unwarranted sales pictures. Or
0: people saying, oh, can I work for your company and things like that. Or um, uh, requests for interviews and things like that. People who like, you know, have, prominent positions in the industry of like, oh, would you want to be interviewed for like this trademark? It's like now
2: oh, leave me alone.
1: Um, yeah. I had some, um, like it was actually on stream. I was like, Oh, that's a bit weird. Like my, uh, business address got an email. Okay. And I checked it out and it was just some random person unwarranted again, just sending me a link to their music going, I give you rights to like copyright free music from me. Oh yeah. I've had a few of those. And I'm like, who the fuck are you? i didn't ask for this i don't know what your music is lucas cast a wide net yeah exactly and you can tell that that's exactly what they're doing because they've got pictures of what oh well these celebrities have used my music in their videos and it's like all you are doing then is finding every single youtube email you can find and just spamming
0: yeah it's the digital equivalent of those guys on the street who say do you want to buy my cd but then don't play their cd (laughs) <laughs> I've always been baffled by that. I've like, why don't you just get it, play it on your iPhone and say, if you like this song, buy it. It's like No, they say, buy a CD, but I'm not going to tell you what's on it. And it's because, who's ever going to do that? Who's going to buy a CD from a stranger that they don't know what's on it?
1: I don't think I've encountered just the sole CD seller of like, normally it's a busker with CDs on the side to sell. Oh, no, I've seen people try to sell CD, And the other one
0: I had That's was on that. Um, uh, a guy selling joke books. I'm not sure why this is. Like, oh yeah, um, we, it's a campaign for um, uh, like, a, like some shit to a comedian to endorse of like getting homeless people to sell joke books. And I felt mm-hmm. really bad. So the guy's like, oh, buy this joke book. I'm like, um, I, I don't think I need a joke book. He goes, well, what do you do for a living? I'm, like, I'm a comedian. I write my own jokes. Like, I literally was on my <laughs> way to a comedy show at the time. And the guy's like, oh, well, maybe these are better. And I just looked. And like, Can you read me one? And he read me a really bad joke. I'm like, I don't think I want to pay for those jokes, mate. Yeah. No. And I felt so bad for the Dukes. Like, you're like, clearly the comedian. And I, f- I wish I'd got one now so I could find the comedian. it was one of those like really crap joke comedians who perform like Butlins or something like that.
2: Oh, okay, yeah.
0: And he's like clearly done this thing with a local charity. And, he's, and he'd use it as an excuse to sell his own jokes. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, Christ. And it's like, oh, Oh, I felt so fucking dirty, like, looking at it.
1: My favourites are the ones where you see it's, like, all of the, you know, people that were famous when I was younger, and it's, like, all, like, boy bands and comedians and celebrities and stuff, and you see, like, oh, they're playing at, yeah, like, your local Butlins now or something like that. It's,
0: oh, no. And you feel so bad for them, but at the same time, you think, no.
1: Just, at that point, just leave it. The not Lucas. No, no. They can't. Like, I'll, I'll never
0: forget um, an old friend of mine who um, was like a singer, and she was like on the circuit of doing like um uh, like after dinner nights and stuff like that, just singing. Mm-hmm. And she just posted some on Facebook almost like five years ago, but, like I've reached the highlight of my career, and she was the opening act for Roy Shelby Brown.
1: I don't even know who Roy Shelby Brown is.
0: Uh he's a horrible racist comedian. Oh wow who, t- who tells racist jokes and that's his thing. Great. And he's basically been telling the same jokes since like the eighties and he's never told new jokes. And the people who- and you can imagine from that description the kind of people who go to his um uh shows and laugh at his jokes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like wearing the
1: football shirts, the shaved heads, like, the gammon. Did she play? Did she actually perform in like for that um person? She did,
0: yeah, because she wanted the paycheck. And it's like, you can't begrudge her that when you're like a um, a No, artist. of course
1: not. I was just wondering, like, not any um any shade thrown there. But like, she just had like, yeah,
0: this is a great poster. And it's like her name. And it's like Roy Chubby Brown. It's like, fucking hell, as if that guy's still going.
1: Yeah. And I've like, experienced this a little bit. Um, just okay. off like, going to uh, see friends like gigging, you know, uh, small concerts and stuff like that. Okay, yeah. And... It's like, oh, okay. Well, who are you supporting? Oh, we're supporting like this metal band, and it's a bunch of guys like in their fifties who are still, still got... playing like a local bar. The thing and is, like,
0: there is like a no, a certain nobility in that of they're still doing it all that time just for the fucking love and the thrill.
1: But I like I've spoken to a lot of these people because again they're playing at a local bar to like thirty people and they are not doing it because they, you know, want to keep doing it. Oh, is they it, they it they're doing it because they think they're going to make it?
0: Oh, okay, that's that's much sadder then. Because I uh, again, I've got a couple of friends in bands similar to yourself, mm-hmm. and I have seen those, like, bands where it's, like, people in their, like, 30s, 40s, 50s, and they just do it because, like, fuck it. I can earn a... It's not a great living, but it's a decent living doing what I love.
1: Yeah, and those bands, I... As you said, I have total respect for. I've met a couple of them, but that I've met... The majority of the majority of the bands that I've met have been those ones where it's like, yeah, but all we need to do is get this album out. This yeah, is you, the one, and it's oh.
2: Like,
0: and um, similarly, a friend of mine, um, Oliver, who's in a band, I believe it's uh, My Only. Okay. Um, and he said the highlight of his career performing with that band is when they were opening for the guy who Crazy Town, the band who sung Butterfly.
1: Again, I don't even know what you're referring to. It's an old song from about like the 2000s. you could know it if you heard
0: it, but I'm not going to try and I'm sing sure. it. I'm sure. Yeah. No call. But, Give
1: us your rendition now. But
0: he he was playing with them. He said the guy in charge was so fucking up his own ass. Oh, but they were playing to a crowd of like 30 people, and there were more people in the crowd there to see them than them. Ooh. Because his band is younger, and they've got like a social media following. Yeah. So obviously they're able to like um, get a lot more um, local support and people are more likely to come out to them because they're more interactive with their audience. Whereas this guy is still in his head that he's playing arenas mm-hmm. when he had that one hit from like um, the 2000s and he's still got it in his head that he's like a big deal. And it's like, no mate, 20 people showed up to come and see you play at a bar. Yeah. And uh, he just said it was one of the weirdest, most surreal experiences of, of his life of just seeing this guy act like he's on stage at Wembley. mm in a shit bar in sheffield as like half the crowd is just having a pint
1: god and i experienced like a weird version of that where i okay. went a few years back like well probably like a decade ago now not a few years back but like went to go see wolf mother um, thing is
0: i've heard of them what's wolf mother doing now
1: I don't know what they're doing now. I know they're still releasing songs and stuff, but I don't know like, how popular their newer albums are and everything, but Probably not very. I think they had a spike around like the late two thousands.
0: Yeah, I'm affiliated they've got like a song in um uh, Guitar Hero, I wanna say.
1: Yeah, they've got a couple in like Guitar Hero rock band stuff, yeah. And um it was weird because they they were actually fantastic live, but I went to go see them in like an O2 Academy with a couple of hundred people. And you check, and they're Australian, and they are playing like stadiums over in Australia.
0: Well, they're playing tiny little venues over here because the
1: audience obviously isn't as big. Yeah, and it's bizarre because they were they were playing the hearts out as if they were still at a stadium, and it was fantastic. And you've got to respect that. Yeah, but what must it feel like to, you know, hop on a plane and your venue goes from like twenty thousand people to two hundred? Do what it is. It's that's how you stay humble. That's like Dave Grohl. Yeah. Like Dave Grohl,
0: um, in every performance I've ever seen him do, whether it is like a live set in a, a radio um, uh, studio mm-hmm. to like four people, or if he's like singing, he's always just gives it his fucking all. And that's why I think he's successful. Yeah. He sure. has that passion. And yeah, um, it reminds so. me a little bit of, there's a story told by Don LaFontaine. So he's the guy who did the In a world, do you know, that thing on oh, the okay. movie trailers. <laughs> And he's, like, known as the voice of God because he voiced, like, thousands and thousands of things during his lifetime, like including like the Do Not Try This at Home in the WWF, that's him. Oh, okay. Like <laughs> just little things like that. And he did, like, announcements for all sorts. of so like, if you've heard his voice at some point. Probably a hundred times, yeah. Yeah. He is, like I said, thousands and thousands of projects. Like, one of the most prolific voice actors in the history of the medium. And he was asked, like, so, what, what? what goes through your mind when you're reading out a trailer for, like, like a b movie that no one gives a fuck about like do you really care if you're doing that and he goes, yeah of course you do
2: mm. because
0: because what i keep in my mind is every read over that i'm doing like every voiceover sorry that i'm doing for a movie is someone's favorite movie that mm. is someone's favorite movie that's going to be someone's fondest memory from whatever day that happens like they happen to see it mm-hmm. and they're the person that i'm talking to
1: that's a good I'm, way to see it, yeah.
0: So like I don't care how bad the actual movie is; like, someone out there is going to love it, and that's the person that I'm making it for. And I'm guessing it's similar to like musicians and um, comedians and any kind of performer who goes out to a small crowd. It's like there might be a small crowd here, but that's small like the people here they're the most dedicated ones. They yeah. pay to see us perform, and we're going to fucking perform.
1: Well, um, it's similar, I guess, to you know making content online. Of I don't have um, a big following for my own channel and content and stuff. But every now and then, you know, you'll get a comment of like, oh, you're one of my favorite YouTubers. And it's like, oh, okay, well, that's nice to see. It is lovely to see those comments. And it's weird because, you know, there's plenty of YouTubers and Twitch streamers out there with hundreds and thousands of times the amount of viewers and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's always something for everyone.
0: That plays to um, a quote that I kind of like that I um, heard in university. Um, it's a very, I forget who said it was a variation of the old Andy Warhol quote, I believe it is, of everyone will be famous for 15 minutes. And it is mm. um, a variation which is everyone will be famous to 15 people. And it's uh, quite a, a prescient view because that was made like 10, 15 years ago. And it basically predicted um, social media.
1: Yeah, and that's very much the case now of even, you know, a Twitch streamer with a very full, small small following like myself will still have those like few people that you know show up every single time and really give a crap
0: yeah and like it's you are the you know technological like social media equivalent of one of those bands where Mm. they only get like 20 30 people watching their show but those 20 30 people are there for every single show yeah and there might be a couple of like people in the bar who just see them perform and like oh yeah sure and they could be like you know people who tune into streams like there is a there's a parallel there it's a messy one, but there's definitely a, like, a comparison that can be drawn between this. It's
1: definitely a messy one, but yeah, I can see where you're coming from, and uh... you can
0: see the point I'm trying to make with this very muddled metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can
1: yeah. Oh, uh, but
0: well, that's like I do,
1: though, have like the
0: utmost respect for just the journeyman performers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, the one, like you said, um, uh, the bands who are still doing it, like two decades later, and still performing in like crappy pubs, just because they fucking love beat making
1: music. Yeah, and, and that's stage. The thing, if you can genuinely make enough money where all you need to do is keep doing that, then fair play, and if you're still loving what you're doing, then why not?
0: Yeah, it's um, like I said, a friend who's in the band, uh, one of the members of the band, he's only in it part-time, and right, yeah. what he does is, is he um, goes on tour for six months, then comes back and just gets a job in a shitty, like, a crappy, like, minimum wage job, like, a bar, waiter something like that and just, just saves, like, you know, up saves up a bit of money saves a bit of money then goes on tour again yeah and he's been doing it for 10 years Like i fucking love it i get to and see the world yeah. respect and he like he loves it he said i'll be doing this till the day i die it's fucking awesome <laughs>
1: like, and you would as, hope I can... that someone like that who is super passionate and loves it can catch a break but the idea is that they want to do it regardless of if they do
0: yeah and i've said something similar with like um my career, where if when not if when it's inevitable, when YouTube shits the bed, mm-hmm. I'm happy to just go back to writing a couple articles a week just because I really enjoy the lifestyle of being able to be my own boss and um, work when I want and write about things that interest me. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and I'm more than happy to do this for the rest of my life. Of just yeah, fuck it. I wake up, I wake up whenever the fuck I want. I get to um, uh, see my friends whenever I like. Mm-hmm. I don't earn as much money as I potentially could if I sold the fuck out. <laughs> and like went and worked for like a, an SEO company like I did for a while. Yeah. And just kill my soul just writing shit I don't care about, but at least um you know I can wake up at ten and have a pint on an evening and not feel bad about getting up too early for work. It's like, fuck it, yes. My own boss. It's great. Such a great feeling.
1: Yeah, and it, it is a weird thing that I've noticed of the moment that I decided to, you know, attempt this full-time and Mm -hmm. take a bit of pay cut and just like, you know what, fuck it, I enjoy doing this. I'm going to try and make it work. The amount of people are like, oh, right, okay, but, you know, what about, you know, job security and stuff? And, you you know, you had an all right thing going at, like a fucking restaurant. It's like, okay, but I was spending 40 to 50 hours a week working my ass off at something that I didn't really enjoy, didn't Mm -hmm. want to be doing, and surely it's better to take a step back and do something that I enjoy. And it's like you constantly see in media of like, oh, yeah, all these people in soul-sucking jobs. And the aim is to get out. And then when you try it, you've got everyone going, really, do you want to do that? <laughs>
0: I, I, it's only been up until very recently. Um, because my dad doesn't really understand what I do. He supports it, but he doesn't understand the internet Mm -hmm. and how it's possible to make money. And he sees it as being quite fleeting,
2: Mm -hmm. which, you know, is accurate.
0: Um, Like, um, fame and success are fleeting online, but um, I've been doing it for a decade now. Yeah. And I'm happy uh, to go back to what I did, you know, at the start of that decade, which is just writing articles for a couple of quid a pop Mm -hmm. and just like, you know, scraping by, but, you know, having the free time to enjoy the time that I have. And, It was only up until like when YouTube took off and I was able to like, you know, just get an office and stuff like that. And I've got actual physical things I can show for what I've been doing that he stopped telling me to go back to university. Right. Yeah. Because he was like to the point where he says like, son, I'll pay for you to go back to university to get like your teaching degree. So you've always got something to fall back on. And it's only up until he's understood like, I don't want to do that. I'm happy to do this. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to like ride this out and see where it goes.
1: And personally, I would say that that is a much more admirable aim of, fuck it, like I'll do something I enjoy and hope for the best. YOLO it, man. Yeah, exactly. Like, literally, you do only live once. If you can take a swing, like, at least give it a go.
0: But that does uh, remind me, though, uh, the last time I was able to actually meet with someone in person... Um, I like during the, the brief respite from the dark times you could have like house parties yeah. like six people one of the guys there was a teacher mm. so he's a he's a, he's a friend of a friend who I know like um, like casually yeah. and he was talking about yeah for the last six months I was getting full wage but I'm a, I'm a PE teacher yeah and I so what he did is he just held like a Zoom class once a week where he tells kids to just do star jumps for 40 minutes and was getting <laughs> paid a full wage for doing that and I'm like yeah, if I'd trained to be a teacher maybe I could be doing that <laughs>
1: But obviously that is, what, a year of your life?
0: Yeah. But it's just that funny thing of just, yeah, once a week I get a bunch of kids on Zoom and tell them to do star jumps. Yeah. And that's it. And it's great. And he's getting paid like a full whack-off wage for that. Oh, God. It's not bad. And I've got another mate who works in a hotel and uh, he's been on furlough for a year.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So and he's just let his hair grow out, and now he was like a fucking wild man. He said, "I'm not going to cut my hair or my beard until um, lockdown ends." Oh God. And he looks like a fucking yeti. <laughs> and he's a manager at a hotel, so he's been getting like a full manager's wage for a hotel
1: for a year. You look at all- that though and go, "That's that's not bad." But then I know um, a few of like different family members and friends and stuff who were teachers who aren't like gym teachers, and mm-hmm. are saying this is like the worst, most stressful year of oh, my of course, life. Oh, of course, yeah.
0: But just hearing those stories of people who've, like, they've kind of um, somehow stumbled into doing all right, and those stories, um, they could be, I guess, for some people might be frustrating to hear, mm-hmm. if you're, like, you know, you're struggling during this. But for me, it's just nice to know there are some people doing okay.
1: And yeah, it's amusing yeah, totally.
0: to think of a guy of, like, I am getting paid a full wage to tell kids to do star jumps.
1: Yeah. <laughs> The ones that really annoy me though are the people who go, and, well, you know, especially in the first few months of, oh, well, um, what have you done during your quarantine lockdown? Uh, yeah. Like, have you what learned skills a skill? have you learned, and what have you pushed yourself to to do beyond like your boundaries? It's like, well, I've been fucking working full time. So the response to that, my, my, my
0: own business. Yeah. <laughs> so I learned to my my own fucking business. That's the weird thing of like um, with. Like we can you know, offer our perspective on this. like, um, We've not actually stopped working the entire pandemic,
1: have we? No, we haven't. And even though I was furloughed from working at a restaurant, I put all of that extra time into trying to make this work. So I was still working just as much.
0: Yeah, I've had, um, like, I've not had more than two days off from working uh, for over a year now.
1: I mean, I've always... definitely taken, like, holidays as I would. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I know that you're just kind of, In the mindset, personally, of what's the point? I'm just going to be in a home.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. So, like, my girlfriend, she got back from a a trip back to Japan. She Mm had a bunch of stuff to do over there. So that's been a ball ache for her because, like, traveling during a pandemic is a nightmare as it is. Yeah. Uh, But she's had to go over there. She has, like, stuff to sort out, um, bills, um, like, stuff that's been sent to wrong addresses, what have you. Yeah. And um, when she came back, that's told us straight up, we could take a couple days off to spend together, but we're going to have to spend it just sat in the house. Hmm. I'd rather, like, you know, just do all my work, and then when we're finally able to go out after we've got like our vaccines or whatever, then take the time off. And that's yes. just been in my head. Which has been in my head for a year now.
2: <laughs> that's the At issue, least.
0: isn't it? So I, I thought, oh yeah, two months of working, then I'll take a week off. And now it's been like a year and a bit of working.
1: Like, okay, I'll I'll get that week off eventually. Christ, yeah. Just waiting for my um, vaccine. I think when all things go a bit more back to normal, like you know, quote unquote normal, whatever that new normal becomes, but. Um, I definitely think I'll be taking at least a week off of just, fuck it, Like, let's go outside.
0: Well, thankfully, Um, we've now, everyone on the channel is going to have the opportunity to do that, thanks to um the guys you mentioned earlier, Psycho. So we can yeah. talk about that, because that's like super fucking cool to me. So mm-hmm. people listening to this podcast right now, if you go onto the YouTube channel, if you're listening to it in like a week or two, they're going live. Uh, yeah. so, so it's what,
1: currently it's the, it's the 25th of March,
0: 2021. So if you can do that, go to the Fact Fiend channel and just look for Psycho um, S-A-I-K-O-W. Not W U. You, um, uh, you will find a uh, merchandise collaboration video we did with uh, the YouTuber Ross Boom Socks, the aforementioned Ross Boom Socks, um, where they were just like, oh, we're going to take your logo, redesign it in the style of like, you know, Japanese kanji.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or we're going to redesign it in like uh, a Japanese art style with kanji below that translates to Knowledge Demon. Yeah, and uh, we're going to put on some shirts, and then you get a sl- uh, the lion's share of the profits these shirts make. I got an email this morning saying, oh, yeah, we've sold like 700 shirts. Like, That's pretty good. And then I went, hang on a second. And I just did the math quickly in my head, and I said, okay, so we were getting a f- we were going to get £5 per shirt. So Fact Fiends, the channel, gets £5 per shirt. Yeah, and I told Brad, Nisha, and Lucas um, that they're going to get £1 Per sale, and then the other two pounds going to go to the coffers for Fact Fiend to be mm. like you know pay for the office and things like that. Um, so that just means Brad, Nisha, and Lucas have all got to seven hundred quid. That's awesome. <laughs> uh,
1: also, like I will just point out, the link will just be in the description of this podcast
0: because you know what, for everyone that gets sold, Lucas makes a quid. Yeah, and the channel makes two pounds, which makes it sound like I make two quid. I draw a flat wage from the channel. Um, yeah. That's how it works. I draw a flat wage and regardless of how much money the channel makes or how little, I just get I pay myself the same and all the editors get paid the same for whatever they edit. And that's the mm-hmm. system that we have at the moment. And then because I feel bad about doing that, um, I always ensure that any collaborations or sponsorships we have, um, you guys all get a share of that. And I would just really I went, Wow, everyone gets like a bonus of this, that's awesome. I'm so excited.
1: Yeah, and I was Kind of flabbergasted with the amount that it was, and I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe 100 shirts get sold and I get like 100 extra quid, and you know, Jenna and I can treat ourselves like a game and a takeaway. So, how do you Uh, feel,
0: Lucas, that you've just going to get about? Because the thing is, though, there's like two weeks left of the campaign, so let's say it sells like half as many again. You could potentially be getting like a thousand pounds for doing nothing. How's that feel? Does that feel Uh, good?
1: It feels very good. And I can only thank you for, you know, giving us all a share of the profits.
0: Oh, and thank Ross Boomsocks.
1: Well, yeah, thanks to Psycho and Ross Boomsocks as well for making this all happen. And thank you to anyone who did buy a shirt buy yes. or will buy a shirt. It's very, very appreciated.
0: So that was something we actually say in the video where uh, I'm so bad at business that I was just happy to do the deal. I was happy for them to redesign my logo. Because I own the rights to the Fact Fiend logo, because I can tell the story about this because it's um it's one that's near and dear to my heart. So the Fact Fiend logo, the little demon holding um, a book, mm-hmm. um, was designed by a guy called Shell Harris. And he was the owner of top10s.net or .com, okay. I'm not sure. And uh, he's the guy who gave me my first proper freelancing gig outside of Cracked. And he basically nurtured and um, watched my career grow for seven to eight years. And he made the initial Fact Fiend website. He built that as a gift to me because I would take um, tidbits from articles I researched for him and post them on Facebook as a fun fact for the day. And they were just like random things I learned that couldn't be turned into a full article. Mm -hmm. So he made FactFiend as a gift to me and gave me the website and said, I did all the designs for it. I did all the, um, uh, what's it now, Uh, behind the scenes stuff of like getting the domain registered. Here it all is, all the accounts, are in your name. And just gave me that. And it's like, well, yeah. that's really nice. And because, and because he believed in what I was doing and said I could be a success, I just needed the avenue to do that. Mm-hmm. And he unfortunately passed away last year. And I got reached out to by his daughter, who's going to carry on like working in his stead. And oh, okay. she's like, um, just confirm for my. I'm not sure if you ever had a deal with this about my dad, um, but uh, yeah, you own everything in relation to the channel. Because I always assumed that we were like 50 50 shares, but it just never came up because he was too nice. And Oh no, he left it all to you. Oh wow! Yeah, Yeah. so he gave me um uh, that. So the logo is like something that he designed. I think he drew it personally, and then like just said, "Oh no, you own everything. I'm going to sign it over to you." I think I gave him a pound for it. That's all he asked for. (laughs) So fucking shout outs to that. So one of the things I want to do when the lockdown ends is I need to go visit his family. Yeah, Yeah, and just say my thank yous because he's basically the entire reason I'm able to do what I did today, uh, because he nurtured my career and he like uh, I took a sabbatical. I took some time off to go travel around Europe. Oh, yeah. and he just sent me like $500. And it's like, what's this for and Because I know when you come back, you're going to write for me. And I know that you're going to do good work. Take it. Bloody hell. And then he never asked for the money back. He was just that kind of guy. It's like, fucking well played, mate.
1: That sounds like,
0: um, yeah, just a lovely guy. Yeah. And that's the reason that I own everything to do with Fact Fiend. And it's one of the reasons as well that I refuse just on principle to let anybody else um, enter into the business and have any modern control because I know that no one's going to be as nice as he was yeah. so people are only going to see it as a brand that they can um, uh, exploit for monetary gain and that's what I want to do with it Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because that's the thing you know that if this was like another business can you imagine any other YouTuber doing that like honest question
1: um, doing what like sorry
0: a content creator just um, sharing their profits oh. people behind the scenes
1: I mean, very, very few that I can think of for sure. That's the,
0: it's not like a facetious question. I'm genuinely curious. If anyone listening to this knows of someone who does business like that.
1: Yeah, I, I think like most people just work off flat rates, and I think for the as far as I'm aware, I don't, you know, know the inner workings of other channels specifically. But as far as I'm aware, you know, people that make thumbnails, people that edit, um, basically anyone that isn't the actual content creator themselves is just seen as essentially you know somebody doing freelance work
0: yeah and end I'm, of
1: you just pay a flat fee job's done
0: which is fair but like um i guess with fact it's, it's different in the sense i always felt like your guys's contributions make you just a bigger part of it as like you know myself being the face mm-hmm. and plus as well i just don't want after, like when it eventually just shits the bed I don't want someone saying like, oh man, was a dick. He holds all the stuff for himself. I'd <laughs> feel so bad. Because there's so many stories like that like you hear behind the scenes. of like, um like uh, channel signing um, agreements with, uh, what is it, the MCNs, multi-channel networks, yeah. and just getting fucking wrecked by it. Just
1: absolutely
0: getting torn apart. Because there's one of those happened recently. I'm not sure the exact specifics. It was a channel called All Gas No Breaks. probably Okay. You may have heard of it you may have not but um, that is a channel that was started by, like one guy and that guy um, is no longer presenting any videos on the channel mm. and it turns out this is a, like this is fucking diabolical that um, he partnered with a media company a while ago and they basically just worked in the background to control everything and they have essentially just ousted him from his own channel. Fuck no. But one of the pieces of information I got revealed is that that channel had a Patreon, and it made like you know quite a decent chunk of change. And mm-hmm. the Patreon went twenty percent to the editors, twenty percent to him, sixty percent to the company. Now, so they were taking over half of the earnings generated by his personality and idea. Yeah, that's rough. And it's like only just come to recently because I just saw like, the aftermath to it, and that, that particular piece of information of a giant company bought it and then took sixty percent of the um, Patreon earnings. And uh, you might, do you want to guess, Lucas, uh, whether or not that was made clear to anyone donating money.
1: Oh, definitely not. No, no,
0: because would you donate money to a Patreon if you knew sixty percent of it was being taken by um, a giant monolithic corporation? Exactly. It's like when you give a server tips and you let Joe on the line and you have to ask the server in a restaurant do you get a, does the management take a percentage of these tips and they just go yeah
1: well i've had um people like laugh at me for asking that question and be like oh, yeah of course i get the tips like why would you even ask that it's like I, because i know more places than not definitely do not just let you keep a tip
0: yeah well, i've talked before like the Um, place I used to work where Mm -hmm. tips would be pulled together and then it was a divvied up based on the amount of hours worked, but salaried members of staff, including the managers and the head chef would also be entitled to that because they were salaried and had like a straight 40, 50 hours a week, would take the lion's share of all the tips Mm -hmm. and had actual arguments with my fucking like penny pinching bitch of a boss when she (laughs) saw me taking tips directly from customers because they were given to me that I'd earned. Because she wanted them chucked into the kitty so that she could take her share, God.
1: and yeah, it's just one of those, isn't it? Of like, you see, so many like people and companies and sort of do that kind of shit, but then make it out like, oh no, 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 we don't, we don't do that, we don't take the like the cutler tips or whatever, and it's like. So, you're not only going to do it, but then you you're going to deny doing it because you know how fucking sleazy it is.
0: Or they're going to, like, you know, um, come up with a bullshit reason for why they do it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So, well, we um, front all the costs. So, we're entitled to. No, you're not. Fuck you. Like, that money, especially on a Patreon, uh, with a channel that is, like, you know, personality driven, people are giving that money to that guy mm-hmm. and the people who that work... They're not giving it to the company who paid for the equipment nobody thinks about that
1: <laughs> yeah and like when you mentioned you know uh, youtubes being bought by big companies like one of the the big the biggest examples i can see that just got torn apart by it is like smosh
0: yeah like, uh, like they I, don't know the, I don't know the i don't the full backstory of it. isn't they signed one of those early mcn's and just didn't read the contract
1: properly um so i know that they were like part of defy media who were just a general shit show and it was like a couple of years back. Now, just Defy Media were like just closed, and they owned a shit ton of stuff. But not only did like they um like work with a lot of YouTube companies and stuff, and have like brand deals with them, they also owned a lot of people's content and shit like this. And it's like, oh. and they
0: also own their personality rights. So isn't that like I, I don't money? think
1: that's the case specifically with Smosh, but it says a lot that pretty much everyone involved with Smosh has already left. Because, um, and they can't take the branding with them
0: because the branding is owned by a company because that's what they did when they signed up. And I have been reached out to many, many a times and I stories like that are always in my head of like the instant I sign on that dotted line, I will lose um, some aspect of control that I'm not willing to hand over because I don't trust anybody but myself not to turn it into a shit show. Exactly, yeah. Like, I would not trust a big company to do things like guarantee you guys get a
1: cut of any money that we make.
0: Because a so company would see that and go,
1: that's our money. What you need to do, then, is you form the fact theme network and stop playing <laughs> all the YouTubers. The thing is, I would, but then I've got to actually do work. Yeah, true. I don't like being in
0: a position of authority or leadership, but I guess I kind of have to be by necessity. Mm-hmm. Because I wouldn't trust anyone else to run the channel in the way that I want to, which is fairly and with everyone's needs and interests in mind. Yeah. Yeah, I don't um, like doing it, and I don't like being in that position. I, you can probably tell, or you can like, you know, speak to this of, I'm really bad at speaking with any level of authority in regards to stuff.
1: Yeah, and like you know, obviously we are all friends on the channel on, were before the channel was formed, and that's kind of the point. But like, even though we are now like working for you, you've never had that kind of conversation with us, and you've always spoken to us as friends. And I know that's a half-and-half half thing of, yeah, we are friends, but also you don't like to play that role.
0: And it's as well. I think that's one of the reasons it's kept me from making decisions that would be otherwise seen as selfish. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was thinking to my missus about this earlier. When I looked and I worked out the money, it's like uh, the channel's getting a five from those shirt sales. So what, what five times like 750? So like
1: 3,500, yeah.
0: Yeah, so that's like three and a half grand. That could go in my back pocket. And it's like, I could have taken that, but then I'd feel bad. And it also feels as well like if I was in the other... Th- if the shoe was on the other foot and I was in the position like I used to be of writing articles or mm. like, you know just helping produce content but maybe not being um, the face of the brand or whatever knowing that I put time in and that my contribution had helped make this thing be realized and then seeing someone walk away with the uh, the lion's share of the profits and not even getting a look in it did make me feel like
1: undervalued I don't want that that's fair enough and it like I constantly say it is really appreciated but we do also you know let you know on a a, you know, semi constant basis that, like, Carl, this isn't necessary. We would be working with you regardless. But here's the thing Gotta be a good businessman.
0: Gotta do I it. I guess, yeah. And, you've like, got to... got,
1: the way that you see being a good businessman is to keep your morals intact, whereas some people would see, uh, you know, being a good businessman in, like, the fucking Bobby Kotick way of slash as many people's lives as you can and run out like a bandit. That's how you do
0: it, though. I, just, I love that story about Bobby Kotick where he can't get laid. Yeah. <laughs> like, tell that story. That one's great. Tell people who Bobby Kotick is. Like, no knobhead, Bobby Kotick.
1: Yeah, so Bobby Kotick, um, I believe CEO, uh, I'm not sure 100% on his site, but I believe CEO of like Activision Blizzard, Um, just general knobhead, who constantly you know, makes people redundant while taking, like I think this year, it was like $400 million. Like, he is the quintessential businessman. Like fuck anything for profit. Like, yeah, there was that famous story a couple of years back where it's like Blizzard re- announced record profits while cutting eight hundred jobs.
0: Like he would scalp you if Dandruff had a going rate. <laughs> like he's that kind of motherfucker where anything for profit. Any like he would like sell step over his own mother to make a quick book. And he's one of the most reviled, hated men in the entire industry. And Mm -hmm. it's got to the point where, if you Google his name, isn't it like Bobby Kotick is the devil? I think it is.
1: For years and years, it's been the case. And I think he did like an interview. It might have even been like fucking five, ten years ago at this point, where it's like, oh, Bobby Kotick is really upset because... Whenever he, you know, meets a woman or meets her online or whatever, and it's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm Bobby Kotick, and they just Google him and just see pictures of him with, like, Photoshop
0: devil horns on him. <laughs> and that, to me, sums it up where? And, like, he's lamenting the fact he finds it difficult to make a connection with a woman. He finds it difficult to go on dates I'll get a second date
2: mm-hmm.
1: because
0: women see that and they're immediately put off. Because everybody
1: me, has a universal agreement on the internet. This guy is a fucking horrible human being. Yeah, he's a huge piece of
0: shit. Nobody likes him. And that, to me, is super, super cathartic. And it reassures me that no matter how rich you are, people will still like no, fuck you.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: That's the thing. He is like a multi, multi multi-billionaire. And women are still like, no, fuck you. <laughs> and that to me is very I like that because that means that he's despite all these decisions he's made, all the things he's done to enrich himself, he's still really unhappy. Yeah. And I like that. That it makes me happy that
1: he's unhappy and that he can't get laid. God, yeah. There's just that that little semblance of like, fuck you. It's like the thing with like Donald Trump, isn't
0: it? Where he has everything a person could want. And yeah. he's still just like screaming into the void, like he's angry. He's just an angry, sad, pathetic man, and it makes like, me happy to know that despite everything, he's still upset.
1: That's the thing is he's essentially had his entire life just living in privilege and yet still, still can't seem to find satisfaction in, in anything. Having a life. No. It's like he could have spent his entire life being a billionaire who fuck supermodels and he instead he
0: wants to scream on Twitter. <laughs> yeah.
1: And now he's like. Setting up his own social network to be able to scream on not Twitter.
0: Yeah, and then he's, he's sending out press conference. Like he's sending out. Uh, he's formed his own office of the office of former President Donald Trump <laughs> that he, he issues official correspondence from. And one of them was I want to try and find it because it reads like something the fucking Onion would write.
1: Oh my god! Of like how pathetic this thing sounds. While you're having a look, did you okay. see the picture of a? Uh, Oh, Donald Trump looking like better than ever as he's just the ghostly (laughs) visage of a man. (laughs) You know that's written by him. Yeah, like, literally, there were people just tweeting out and, you know, spreading it around social media of, look, Donald Trump has been at this resort or whatever and he looks fantastic and better than ever and he's like, looks like he's just come off his fucking deathbed.
0: That reminds me a little bit of the article I saw by Variety, which just said, is the Morbius movie the uh, most anticipated movie of 2021? It's like, did the movie write this? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, I'm not going to be able to find it. Oh, fuck's sake. Because there's like all the stuff about him having COVID when I try and look for it. But basically it was an an official correspondence from like the office of former President Donald Trump saying, I want the American people to know that I'm the reason we have the vaccine. Don't forget the part I played and get it's like, fuck off.
2: Yeah. Because he's so
0: mad. Because oh, oh. he's he's so salty that Joe Biden is like, you know, riding the coast. it's like the start of his presidency has coincided with America getting back to normal, like Mm -hmm. like everyone getting their vaccines, like and all that stuff, and he's super salty about it. Yeah, totally. Um, And it's so funny. But I love that one. Is the Morbius movie the most anticipated movie of 2020? Like, did the Morbius movie write this? (laughs) Because when's like not one
1: person has even mentioned the Morbius movie in the past year, apart from you guys. And the only time I've mentioned it is in reference to that article, which is fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah, I meant you guys as in, like, the people writing that article and publishing it.
0: And it is incredible, because that's one of those things where they are trying so hard to push it. Yeah. And it's just
1: failing on every conceivable level. It's like, come on, look, it's got Jared Leto in it. It's like, who? Well, I mean, the, the thing is, I'd rather not know who Jared Leto is at this point than know about him. Because all you ever hear about him is something creepy and weird. Yeah, and that's the thing, I remember back in the day when, you know, like 30 Seconds to Mars were popular, and I was like, oh man, this guy seems really cool, and like he's in Fight Club, and I'm 15 years old, and then it's like, oh god, Jared Leto, like, I uh, yeah. uh, no. No. You, uh, Everything you, me, you hear in the past. 10 I want to find well.
0: something Go right on. now. I want to send you a picture because this is a real picture um, that Jared Leto actually posed for. Oh God, no!
1: And I want to explain the backstory. I want to send it to you, but I want you to describe it. Are we doing one of these? Like now that we're back to audio version, have i got. A yeah, we can
0: do. It? We can do one of these now. So.
1: It is, <laughs> um, uh, uh, so. I, I'm not sure if I'm intrigued or don't want to know what's coming. So I need to try and find the specific photo. There oh okay.
0: So I'm gonna get the image right here, and then just get the story here. Right. So I want to send you a picture right now. This is um, actually no. Just describe. Tell people what you see. Okay. Yeah.
2: Cool.
1: Oh god. So describe it to people, Lucas. Uh. So this is Jared Leto walking across like a stone wall in sandals. Uh. Mm-hmm. With a big crowd like following him. I guess. Yeah, or he's looking alongside a crowd. Yeah, there's another picture below, and he is rocking like the full Jesus look. Yeah, of like the sandals, the long brown hair, the beard, and the like, just pure white robes. Yes, and then the the picture below is him, like giving some sort of fucking like lecture to just a crowd of captivated, what looks like almost entirely women. Yeah. And he's just sat on his chair at the front, just doing what I presume is meant to be the fucking Jesus routine of, like, hear me preach.
0: No, so what this was is, um, a couple of years ago, Jared Leto. um, He says Andy's band, but it's Jared Leto, because he's, like, the only person you can see doing any of this. Um, Invited fans... Who refer to themselves as the Echelon, so you know they're full of themselves. When they refer okay. the Echelon yeah. to a three-day retreat in Croatia, that was just about all things 36 to Mars, which you know is code for Jared Leto, um, uh, like sucking himself off on stage. Everyone claps. Yeah, and he dressed like Jesus. And just for three days, just gave talks and sermons and showed movies that he's in and let people listen to his music. Oh, my God. And it's like, can you... Like, the fucking ego on that man. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And it's really weird to me that, like, even his brother, Shannon Leto, doesn't seem to have this, like, complex that he does. Like, like, none of the other people in 30 Seconds to Mars I've seen do anything other than just play their fucking music.
0: Like, he's potentially one of the most up their ass musicians out there. Like, Mm -hmm. he's bordering on, like, Kanye West levels
1: of ego. I mean, it feels like it. He doesn't seem as insane as Kanye West. Like, he held a... Lucas, he held a three-day fan
0: meet-up so people could watch his movies and then dress like Jesus.
1: Again, I double down on my statement he doesn't seem as insane as Kanye West. (laughs) Fair enough, yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't think you're ever gonna to top. I'm a fixed wolves. Oh god! That, which is a real tweet. And then he from just China ran West. for
1: president at some point,
0: and then committedly like fraud because he didn't fill in the right forms, and then got away with it. because He's rich.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh man. Well, just just you look at that and go. But like, he's saying, "Oh man, I'm not an egomaniac." Here's a picture of him dressed like Jesus to a like a crowd of like a thousand adoring women, most of which he probably slept with because he's like one of those dudes.
1: Yeah, and. I, I I don't want to get into the specifics of this, because, you know, once again, um, allegations have come out about creepy YouTubers. Oh, yeah. And, like, I don't want to, as I say, get into the specifics of it, but the amount of people that always come out of the woodwork and go, you can't prove anything. Also, like, um, they were consensual and of legal age. And it's... I don't care, because at the end of the day, if you are abusing that relationship between you and a fan you are ultimately you have some sort of like power over not over them but um power in like that relationship where yeah you are abusing everything that you have in order to sleep with your fans that is not okay still
0: also i think the specific story you're referring to the guy in question is 44 years old Okay. So it's a 44-year-old man hitting on 20-year-olds.
1: But they're not only hitting on 20-year-olds, hitting on 20-year-olds that like idolise him in some way. And it's like, I don't give a shit whether they're consensual adults. The fact that you are manipulating those people in order to get sexual favours from them is still an abuse of power.
0: But 44 years old. So yeah.
1: Anyway, we don't need uh, uh, straight I, I just, to... I just want to put that out there because I keep seeing so many people every time this happens come out the woodwork like, no, 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 it's, it's completely fine and above board, it's like that, it's not above board. I we'll just want to a say my piece.
0: They make a YouTube video that I like. I don't want to examine the content that I consume because that requires self-introspection and um, the ability to grow as a human. Yeah. <laughs> which evidently my idols aren't able to do so I don't want to do it either. But anyway... So, Luke, we've got something else in the We've got to talk about the anime. Oh, anime. We've got to talk about anime because um, a video went out on the channel yesterday uh, about um, the anime Hajime no Yippo, Yes. Uh, which I'm a big fan of, and um, that was edited by Nisha. And uh, mm-hmm. Nisha um, is not the biggest fan of anime, and we can pull back the curtain on something here. So to get clips for videos, um, it's, it's somewhat
1: difficult. Like, it can uh, be dependent on the thing that we're referring to, yes. Yeah.
0: Yes, because uh, you'd think getting a clip of a certain thing would be a matter of just searching for it online. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's a problem with like uh, not everything is going to be on YouTube and not everything is going to be in great quality. And not everything is going to just be like uh, just the clipping question. It might have like a dumb fucking thumbnail on it, which I don't know about you, Lucas, but when I'm trying to get clips for stuff that I'm editing, there's nothing more frustrating than someone putting their thumbnail over like a clip from a movie they don't own, with the thing underneath saying "no copyright infringement intended." As yeah, they like put their own their logo over it, all
1: over the video that you can't change. It's like, oh god, damn it!
0: There's no one ballsy in the
1: person saying "no
0: copyright uh, infringement intended" as they put their logo over something they didn't make and upload it <laughs> on a monetized video with ads on it.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, but like it's one of those things. It's difficult. And then, uh, for example for something like a TV show or a movie, you'd think, well, yeah, go on Netflix, just get the clip from there. Yeah, um, Netflix, Amazon Prime, all those services generally have things that stop people just recording their screen. Yeah, they do. When, yeah. when you're watching them to stop people just like, you know, uploading shit illegally elsewhere, which is fair enough, that's their prerogative, but it makes things difficult to get clips in though. So for the video about Hajime Epo, no Ippo, you should track down a few clips so you can only get just what's available online. Mm-hmm. And this is an anime, so, some of the clips she got um, are the original Japanese audio, and some of them are the English dub. Oh, Lucas, dude. what do you think happened when clips of an anime went up, uh, appeared in a video, with English, um, uh, an English dub on it?
1: Well, my guess is that the weebs came out of the fucking walls, Carl.
0: They did, but Lucas, do you recall how that video started? I actually don't, you know. Because this is very funny. Because in that video, um, I say... Uh, the We're talking about Hajime no today. We're talking about the character Takamura Mamaro, mm-hmm. I'm not sure the exact pronunciation. And I clarify, I got uh, my friend, like I said, my girlfriend, who speaks fucking Japanese, to clarify my pronunciation of that so that weebs don't complain. But it doesn't matter because weebs' opinions don't matter. That's the literal intro to the video. or mocking <laughs> the idea of weebs being super fucking into it. Yeah. And then uh, the second part of the video is like we talk about it. Like, Lucas, you've not seen Epo, have you? And you say no. And I say, but it's okay. You've upset some weebs with that. But as we've established, weebs' opinion doesn't matter. (laughs) Okay. And then we proceed to talk about the character and then a few clips appear, one of which is from the English dub of the show. I have gotten actual messages on Twitter and the email address that's associated with the channel from people telling me, Carl, you are not watching that show the right way. You need to take those clips out of the episode. Really? Because they're so bad. And there is currently like a 30, 40 um, uh, message long thread in the thing. I just pinned a comment from someone just saying, um, like, "Uh, I I don't mind watching anime, but that English dub, uh. And Ah, I just put in response, I pinned it and just put, imagine being so sad. This is something that upsets you. And the amount of people like, no, it's important. (laughs) Oh my God. Which culminated in this message here, Lucas. At Fact Fiend, imagine being so misled that you think the dub is the correct way to watch Hashimino Epo. And misled oh my is spelt wrong. And Lucas,
1: discuss. Just piss off. Like, let people enjoy content the <laughs> way they want to enjoy it.
2: Like, seriously. Like, like,
0: can you even imagine how small your dick has got to be where you... See a brief eight second clip of a TV show that has English dubbing rather than the original Japanese, and you get so mad at that, you yell at a YouTuber you don't know telling them that you are enjoying something wrong.
1: Yeah, and to me, like at the end of the day, what talking about. What I'd say, not one of like the the most popular animes out there. Like it's not, not the a small running, anime, but it's one of the longest running yet. But it's it's you know it's not in that pantheon of like Dragon Ball and Naruto where even anime non anime fans have probably heard of it. Yeah. Um, the fact that people like, I saw a, a couple of the comments and clicked through a little bit and um was just like oh, okay, some people are just really excited because somebody's talking about this show. Yeah, it's it's popular,
0: but it's like it's more a niche. Um, uh, anime, I, I guess.
1: It's like that middle ground, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's not quite obscure, but it's not, as you said in the pantheon, it's, like, like, it's not your Dragon Ball, your Narutos, your, um, uh, uh, your One Pieces.
1: Like, popular with anime fans. But the
0: amount of people who are annoyed, not because the thing is, there's multiple clips in that episode and Nisha just told me today, so I asked her about it, I just searched for what you mentioned and that's the only clip that came up with decent quality.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: So that's what I used. And I didn't think people upset like, Nisha. It's okay. Sweet summer child. It's anime. <laughs> people are going to be upset because this is all they have in their life. This is all Regardless. they have. Yeah. This is it. This is all they have. And they are fucking infuriating about it. And to clarify, my girlfriend in the other room is fucking Japanese. <laughs> and even <laughs> she doesn't get as much, give you as much shit about this. Uh, and she's like... Cla- oh oh, it's,
1: <laughs> it's bizarre to me. And just like you know that if... Nisha had used, you know, um, sub-only clips, they'd have found something else to complain about.
0: Or they would have been really smug about it. Oh, it's good to see that you're using the correct version of it. It's like, fuck off!
1: And, yeah, I have preferences with specific animes of whether I prefer dub or sub. And, like, you know, I think I've mentioned before, I specifically watch dub of Dragon Ball because... I grew up watching Dragon Ball over and over again to the point where those voices are the voices of those characters. Yeah, and here's the thing as well, Lucas. Even if that's the case, and you have like
0: you have a, you have a preference for one or the other, have you ever gone out of your way to insult a stranger or give a stranger shit for not doing it, like enjoying it the way that you
1: do? I'd like to think I've never done that. Uh, maybe when that, I was
0: 12 years old, I might have done that. And that's the extra step that is so fascinating to me. Like, I can understand people being upset by it. Like my miss, like I said she's Japanese, and she has a actual legitimate valid complaint. I sometimes the dubs do not translate things accurately. There is like, mm. and sometimes it completely changes the meaning of things being said. And sometimes the characterization entirely. And like, a good example of that is um, Goku in Dragon Ball. Yeah, when the original Japanese dub, he's actually a lot more sinister there's sinister undertones to him like um, for example there's a part of the most recent arc that was uh, in the anime where he releases Frieza from hell right and in the English dub it's like you know dumb fun Goku like oh yeah let's just all fight together don't be evil Frieza but in the (laughs) Japanese dub like there's a sinister to it like I want to release you because I want you to get stronger because I want an opponent no. And the suggestion there is like he's just he's doing it because for selfish reasons he's not saying he's doing it because he wants to selfishly let this character get stronger so he has mm. someone to fight. So that's all he cares about. I so mean, there is, also just there. want to
1: say like rip Vegeta there. Just I need somebody <laughs> else. Vegeta's not keeping up with me.
0: But it's that thing like, and that completely changes the character.
1: And yeah, it adds like
0: an, a, an entirely different slant to that interaction. Now there's other minor ones like uh, Michelle Agretzko. Mm. Um, where the um, while it does have a very accurate dub, it does miss some things and it misses some subtle nuances of like you know um, the Japanese language, which is like that's a fair complaint to make. But you know, you know, the people who are bitching, oh, watching the English dub is the wrong way to watch it. They don't have those arguments in mind. They're doing it because they're weird gatekeeping assholes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And I even um, experienced it with watching One Piece because. There's a lot of weird things going on when I'm looking into One Piece subs, and Mm -hmm. some of it's, like, subbed by this company, some of it's subbed by this company, some of it's fan-subbed only, and they have seemingly gave up in the middle, and um, yeah, you see that even in the subs, depending on who's translated it, some of the characters come across a little bit different, or the words that you see, you know, repeated over and over translated differently sometimes and
0: yeah and there's like there's nuance missing or there could be uh, like just complete shifts in characterization it's like mm-hmm. um it like i guess uh one piece of the one where there's a couple of characters like ones that smoke yeah and yeah. they edit them in the thing to have um like lollipops and they said there's a guy who had to just, say just put a giant cloud of smoke around his face and hide the fact he's got a cigar
1: well it's that he's a character made of smoke that smokes loads of cigars but they just remove all the cigars from him it's like, yeah okay. and then the famous or not famous but the funny one
0: for me is like yugioh where uh, you have like bandit keith in one episode pulls a gun on pegasus but yeah. in the edit we saw or the edit that most people saw as kids um, he just points a finger to his head so everyone's <laughs> just running around with finger guns and it makes no sense like the shadow realm from that thing it's like in the original it's like oh that people fucking die right yeah. when you die but they did they couldn't put that on like a Thing for kids, so they just say the shadow realm, and it's a weird, nebulous other area you get sent to if you lose a duel
1: Well, Carl, it's one of those things. If I know anything about Yu Gi Oh!, even if you've like banished something from play, that's just a second graveyard. It's like, yeah, you can, you you can, can always be brought back now. <laughs> you can
0: always be brought back as long as you've got a pot of greed. As long as you've got a pot of greed, you'll be all right. Pot of, <laughs> pot of greed, a man <laughs> at your bug in your fight, and you can see from like th- there is like you view that and it goes, okay, you are changing the literal intention. From what mm. was being made by you know, the original creator, and sometimes it's funny, sometimes bad. There's like you know, there's a whole range of um, uh, like uh, infractions, I guess. There's like a can, massive range, yeah. Yeah, you can range from being like you are completely changing a characterization to like you know a minor edit just for you know, censorship reasons or localization reasons. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, none of the people making these arguments are doing it for that reason. They're doing it because they just that is their thing and that is their entire life.
1: Exactly, and you. You know that those people, they don't take it on a case-by-case basis, and they're not saying, this one dub is very bad. They're just saying, how dare you fucking watch dubs? I don't watch dubs. How dare you? Because a
0: significant percentage of their personality is just linked to the fact that they like anime. And, yeah, uh, and you see
1: it with a, a lot of just different fan bases, and it's all levels of gatekeeping, isn't it, really? Yeah,
0: it's just, what is the easiest thing I can feel superior to another human being about? Mm. Yeah. And um like you can even get levels of it within the own um, fan base. Of like um uh, like in regards to like uh, anime and stuff like that. So oh mm. I only watched the original episodes. yeah, but I only watched like no VHS recordings of like the original episodes. They change stuff in the
1: later ones and oh, then like, like like Star Wars fans. Yeah. Star Wars was like, oh. And that's what it is. Like, it's just,
2: oh. And well, just how like,
1: dare you be watching the DVD 2003 release? We all know that one's the trash release. It but... doesn't have the right sound mixing or whatever. <laughs> but. And that
0: led me to thinking about um, just the level of effort it takes to give that much of a shit about something. Hmm. And I just wanted to ask you and like, have a discussion about just how tiring it must be. To give so much of a shit about something that matters so little to other people. Yeah, and have you any of that? You have you experienced any of that?
1: Uh, I, I guess I used to be part of that problem. Okay, good. Um, just like I had such a rabid fandom for things like Pokemon. Ah, oh, okay. Um, like especially Legend of Zelda, where like I have law books and you know I've got like all the fucking encyclopedias and. Mm-hmm. I've played pretty much every game multiple times and look into all of like the timelines and stuff and I always used to get annoyed by someone, for example, the classic of, uh, oh, that Zelda that you play as. It's like, it's not Zelda, it's Link. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I used to be part of that problem, but again, I was probably 13, 14 years old at the time I, and do- nowadays I've realised it's really, as you say, tiring and also, who gives a fuck?
0: Yeah, imagine that if
1: you had kept that
0: up to like, to so you were 30. Yeah. And <laughs> the one that I do again, I'm going to re- refer to my ex-girlfriend now. I've got permission to tell this story. She tells me uh, about one of her exes who was really, really into film. Right. Like to the point where um, she tells me, the story she told me is, she, they could not watch films during the day because the glare on the TV. And if there was any glare on the TV, they weren't allowed to watch the movie because they weren't watching it at the right level of quality.
1: Look, I get that, yeah, it's not optimum to watch with a bit of glare on the TV. It's not the perfect viewing experience, but fuck off. It gets <laughs> think, better as well,
0: because um, she tells me another one was that she had to, I'm not sure if it was her or him, but they got a credit card via a company, so they could get specific, a specific kind of internet that would allow them to get a discount on a like really expensive Sony television. Hmm. So they had to get a credit card and a, a so a credit card, so they could get a specific kind of internet. They give them a discount on a specific kind of TV, and then when it arrived, this super expensive, like god tier television, it had a single dead pixel in the middle. And from that point on, <laughs> they couldn't watch movies on this massive TV because every time a movie would come on, he would point out the dead pixel and complain out loud. Oh my god. Do you know the funniest thing about that story as well is she told me that like, he downloaded all of his movies and he'd bitch if he downloaded a movie that said like Blu-ray rip and it was only 1080p. <laughs> so no like, he...
1: like not full HD. Blu-ray is 1080p, right?
0: Whatever. Like, if it was yeah. like, if it said like Blu-ray rip and it was like you know 720 or something, you'd yeah, get yeah. mad. So he was literally being like a choosing beggar, right. downloading shit illegally and then complaining the quality wasn't good enough. Way. And again, it takes a just. Like you said, a heroic level of just like no self awareness to say that out loud with not a shred of irony. Or someone really was actually.
1: Um, I was like watching um or listening to a, whatever podcast like not long ago, and somebody in that podcast, I was like a really nice like home theater to set up, mm-hmm. but mentioned in it like, oh, um, you know, my fiance, um, as like got some problems keeping up with stuff sometimes so we have the subs on people are in the comments go oh i can't believe you've got a whole home theater set up and then you choose to use subs like you choose to put subtitles on and ruin the entire fucking experience like you're a fool and it's oh my fucking god like he's literally saying i'm i i do not want the subtitles on but my fiance does so i'm trying to be nice and we put subtitles on and they're like Oh how fucking dare you, you fucking idiot. And that's the level that I get it's like it's fair enough that if you feel that way, but that it's such
0: it's it's so integral to your sense of self that hearing about it makes you just instinctually lack, like lash out. But yeah. Other people. Like the idea of other people enjoying something the wrong way in quotation marks pisses you off enough to loudly complain about it to a stranger who could not give less of a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, like from a personal perspective, things that I've experienced, like you know, Lucas, that I, I like my video games.
1: Yeah, of course. And
0: yeah. I, I am a, a big fan of like self-imposed challenges in regards to video games. I always play off-meta. I always yeah. pick my character. like In a fighting game, for example, I always pick whatever's the lowest tier or hardest to use character and I'll learn to play those.
1: Then you always um, play Pokemon as another locker run, got it? Yeah. No,
0: <laughs> but, but I always try and like you know hamper myself in some way as a challenge because I don't yeah. want to win with what's best. I want to win with what's like you know most challenging. That's mm. the that's how I get. That's how I enjoy video games. And we have had because I've experienced this on my own and uh, with you. Like uh, mm-hmm. for example, with Smash Bros. Well, I play Smash Bros. And you can confirm, Lucas. I play Super Smash Bros. Ultimate on the Switch with a single
1: Joy-Con. Can confirm, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then back in the day, I would play with like a third-party crappy controller for the things I don't care because I'm not so used to it. And then on the Wii U, I'd play with the Wii U gamepad. Yeah. And I do that just as a flex, more than anything. And then I play the worst character in the game for the most part. i always like, well, who is low tier? I play them. Yeah, yeah. You can confirm I have legit had people give me shit for doing that because it annoys them to
1: see somebody else playing the game the wrong way. Yeah, I mean, we stream Smash every week, and every week I hear you have to respond to a comment of like, well, yeah, I'm just playing with a single Joy-Con. Wilde. And I can tell without even looking at the chat, you can, uh, you've can you got people in there going, yeah, but that's not the right way to play. That. The right way to play is with a wired GameCube controller or with yep. a Pro controller.
0: And um, a funny one for me that happened um, a while ago. I was um job of the Gaming Society. Remember the guy who brought in a really expensive um, arcade stick? Yep he brought in one of those and he was sat down playing, I think it was like Ultimate Marvel. Mm-hmm. And I went over to give him a game and I'd picked up a controller and he just looked at me and went, you know, the controller is not the best way to play this game. And <laughs> from just the way that he's talking, you remember that dude, don't you, Lucas? You know yeah. how much of a fucking smug prick he was about this. Yeah. I heard that and I went, I'm going to have some fun with this one. So I just held it and went, what do you mean? Yeah, well, and he tried to explain to me as if I'm an idiot. I was like, well, a fight stick is how all the pros play. And I went and I looked at it and went, uh, okay. Uh, Well, I think a controller takes more skill to use because I have to move my hands more. You have all your buttons just there in front of you, ready, which means like you know at your fingertips, yeah. At your fingertips, yeah, because you need it. You know, you need that help. I think playing with a controller shows more skill. Like like with my tongue pressed so far in my cheek, you can just like. (laughs) And the guy got he fucking went. No, I'll show you. And I just beat him and I, and I did that classic of beat him once and then just stand up and leave. Refused to yeah. rematch him and he got so salty. Because <laughs> I just beat him once and went, huh, um, I guess you need some more practice with that thing and just stood up and left. Because like fuck those people. That time we went
1: to like, um, that casual tournament and like, I beat the, the guy at FIFA who wouldn't and let it go because I played shit all match and just snuck a 1-0 win at the end. You, you got the 1-0 win and you were playing like you weren't playing the right way. No, and that guy for like, what the next twenty minutes just kept coming up to me like, yeah, but rematch though, rematch though. Rematch I remember though. that, yeah. And
0: you were just stood there like, mate, I don't give a shit. I won, get over it. And he was so salty. I don't. <laughs> I think at one point I said like, it doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. count. And you just and you just, I think you responded one nil. You just <laughs> said one nil, and the guy went fucking ape shit. Because he couldn't handle the fact that he'd lost. Because you didn't play the game the right way, but then you still won. Yeah. And we've told the story far like uh, the friend of ours who just beat a guy in Street Fighter by just walking up and forward throwing. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: And the guy said, and I quote, "You would have won. You wouldn't. You wouldn't have won if you didn't win." <laughs> oh no, it was you wouldn't have won if you didn't throw. To which I responded, "So he wouldn't have won if he didn't win." And the yeah. guy just, <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> he got. <laughs> so you're doing you're doing it the wrong way, but I won. But you're doing it wrong, but I won.
1: Yeah. But you're I You're playing then. wrong, but I still beat you.
0: Yeah, I'm playing wrong and I still won. What does that say about your skill level? <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: And people get infuriated by it, and again, like I wouldn't have been such a smarmy prick about that, and I'm sure you wouldn't have been with that guy either, if there'd not been such a penis about it.
1: Exactly, a hundred percent. And I never try to be an asshole to anyone that I've like played against even but, like won or lost you know i try that, to be respectful until they're not
0: and in that situation if you have the opportunity to beat someone one nil you know he's gonna be so mad because he'll never let it go yeah and you can always just have in your head well i won one <laughs> yeah. nil a win's a win win's a win i won i don't fa- i don't fancy a rematch
1: <laughs> yeah and and... it's always the best thing to do is just put the controller down and be like i'm done Oh. Yeah, I don't want to play anymore, I'm going to get a drink. It's like, no, rematch now. Like, like undefeated, Carl. Undefeated. No,
0: I, l- I adore, and that used to happen so much at that society uh, when we played <laughs> games because I think we'd talk before, we talked before, there was like uh, just an undesirable element that would turn up on a week-by-week basis of people that were there to win so they could like, gloat and show off and just make other people feel bad and between myself you charlie and rogan we had like enough skill where we could hold our own against those people and then we would do the one win refuse
1: to play them anymore yeah and like depending on the game we could always probably say one of us has a good chance of beating them and then just do it once and then just stand up and go i win 1-0 and <laughs> I'm we'd always go and make myself a cup of tea and have and a we o-
0: we'd always say the same thing undefeated champion yes. <laughs> because, again the kind of people who get annoyed about that they get so mad and it's
1: so funny And if you are one of the type of people like, oh, we'll give them the rematch, don't be a dickhead, bear in mind that this was a group that is essentially a social gaming group where the entire point was to just meet like-minded people, not to take it seriously and make it a tournament and whatnot, just to go and play some games and make some friends, that was the entire point. Mm -hmm. And then you get people coming in and all they will do is sit on one game and challenge people and take it super seriously and you know what ruin everyone's fun they do yeah it's like uh, you can extend that to like the anime thing of just watching the
0: idea that there's people out there who legit cannot deal with the idea of someone just existing and enjoying something mm-hmm. because they're not enjoying it the right way and then it's ironic that their insistence of this is how you do it the right way actively makes you not want it makes you less likely to enjoy it in Actively discourages people from being into that thing. Yeah, like gatekeepers always ruin it for themselves. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, we we always talk about like uh, guys saying, "Oh, I wish more girls play video games." A girl will say, "Oh, I like video games, like Animal Crossing," and then that exact kind of guy will give them shit for it. It's like, "I guess I don't play video games," and then they'll <laughs> go back in the same breath sometimes to lamenting that more girls don't play video games. It's like they do; they just don't want to talk to you because you're a dick about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre. It's, oh god
0: i like, it it'd be funny if it wasn't so depressing,
1: exactly, yeah, and you know like obviously we are a different case because we are looking for things to talk about on this on this podcast and we'll bring mm. up things like this, but generally speaking, if somebody's mad at the idea of me watching a dub, I will move on with my life within mm-hmm. ten seconds uh, I but I they will them. not, and you know they will not because they're gonna because
0: they're going as far. As to send me an email telling me I watched EPO the wrong way, and, and, to, and in- to genuinely requesting that I remove that clip from a video because it's so bad. It's like if it bothers you that much, don't fucking watch. It don't bother you. Yeah, me. and
1: you know that's gonna just sit in their heads for so long, and they're gonna be so mad about it. Whereas we can laugh about it and move on. And it's like- uh, yeah,
0: and that you know that's the case because they went it annoyed them enough where they had to yell at a stranger about it to insist <laughs> yeah. that they're right.
1: Oh god, it, it it is literally just magical. And if you want to like point out, by the way, that yes. yeah, we were talking about earlier, like it is difficult to get clips, and sometimes people don't understand that. Like one good example uh, recently was saying, "Can I just say, video?"
0: Yeah, can I just take a quick break to go for a bathroom break? Oh, oh really yeah, understand. go for it. I, so I am explain about this. about
1: this clip when You're you get back. About
0: Oh, should we. I apologise for that, uh, Lucas. You were saying about Professor X and getting clips for videos.
1: Yeah, and uh, I was just you know editing that that Wiki Weekends video and thought X Men movies movies that have come out in the past like twenty years fairly popular, mm-hmm. super easy to find clips for. Turns out not so much. Okay, and there was one specific clip that I spent what nearly an hour trying to find and had to just fucking give up on. Okay, uh, and it's the scene where at the end of I believe X Men Two, um, like the president gets like frozen in time, and everyone yes. around it does. Well, everyone around the president in the Oval Office gets frozen by, um, Professor X, or like you know they get frozen in place, and mm-hmm. then all of the X Men show up, and the like Storm brings in the lightning, and it's all like mm-hmm. terrifying, and they're just basically intimidating the president.
0: And then you have I, the... Is it the shot where the president looks over and sees Nightcrawler? Yeah, yeah. And just Nightcrawler smiles and the president's like, the fuck did you bring that knobhead here for? Are you try to kill me? And <laughs> yeah. I was wondering that, because that clip wasn't in you. just put in a clip of Nightcrawler trying to stab the president.
1: Yes, and um, I managed to find plenty of that clip when I was looking, but no matter what word and I would come up with, it, I either came up with random scenes from other X-Men films or just that Nightcrawler scene, because I was, you know... Using like the words White House or Oval Office or President, and and that's just
0: it took you an hour to do that. It's
1: like oh, and I, I essentially had to just give up because I found one recording of it on YouTube that was like off screen phone footage with glare <laughs> all over the screen. <laughs> and at that point, I was like, "That's the only the only version of it I can find." And so at that point,
0: I'd kind of wish you'd upload that because it's really funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> at that point I think that's kind of funny like, you literally couldn't see the screen or hear what they were saying and I was just like why does this video even exist anyway I can't use that oh, Jesus I remember, Christ like, I thought to myself like super easy clip to find yeah, it's, the, it's the ending of the film yeah so even searching for X-Men like to ending, ending. nope couldn't get it because it, it was um just the fucking Phoenix Force blip at the end yeah
0: so I remember when uh, when the channel first started, Brad told me about that when we'd get movie clips, and he would get so fucking salty that he'd go look for a clip and it would have someone else's thumbnail on it. Yeah, and he'd like they don't own this clip. Why is their thumbnail on this clip from the movie? Mm. So normally, what he'd do is he'd just go download the movie illegally, get that clip, and then delete it. <laughs> and it's that thing of like, yeah, you're not supposed to download movies illegally. But at the same time, he's doing it to get a thirty second clip that somebody else has uploaded with their thumbnail on it. And it's like, oh.
1: And at the same time as well, like, uh, yeah, it would have probably in the end been quicker for me to do that. But the idea that, again, that's a lot of effort to go through, like, find that movie, download it, then search through that movie for the clip. Because obviously mm-hmm. with the X-Men one, I know it's near the end, but sometimes it could be anywhere in the movie. Yeah, and you and, guys,
0: that is like an yeah. unsung... Aspect of making videos where I know, because I'm talking about like where everything is, mm-hmm. but then you know, it gets handed off to an editor and they don't. And that, again, there might be an aspect like what to get a 30 second clip. Yeah. Or the 30 it took you over an hour of just like, you know, faffing around on YouTube to do. And that led to um, just a reveal in a video I know, recently we talked about oh, yeah, it takes about well, eight to 12 hours. To make a video, depending on you know the the quality, uh, not the quality, the um, the quantity of footage that there is, and the amount of extra research that needs to be done, finding clips, rendering, the amount of something in the background, if any Photoshop's need to be done, all mm. things like that, um, which led to Lucas. Do you remember uh, what someone decided to tell me?
1: Uh, someone like commented or emailed you or something, didn't they, telling you that like, oh man, if it takes you this long, you really need to streamline your processes.
0: Yeah, so I have it here and. Um, Keep in mind, uh, this comment uh, was directed to me in response to us talking about how people just don't appreciate and understand how long it can take to make a video, mm-hmm. and because they don't have like you know insight into the recording and editing process. Yeah, like by design, because you just see an edited fifteen minute video go up, you don't see all the work that goes into it. They responded, "It's eight hours to do the edit." Ouch. Some streamlining might help you on your bottom line. Management and handling buds. Not saying you're bad editors, but there should be a streamlined way to simplify the editing process and quicken the entire edit and allow them to work on, in other fashions. And Lucas, um,
1: thoughts? Other than fuck that guy. Yeah, exactly. And um, It takes as it, long as it takes. It does take as long as it takes. And you know, as we mentioned, that there is a relatively... Um, big time difference between some of the edits and how much is involved with each particular video. But yeah, we normally quantify it as about a full day's work.
0: But it's really funny to me that that comment was left in response to us saying it takes this long. People don't generally expect it to take that long. They see a 15-minute edited video, they don't realise like upwards of an entire day of work can go into creating it. And the guy's like, well, clearly you're wrong. Clearly, after two and a half years of doing this, you're doing something wrong. It's like, no, this is how quick it when the process has been streamlined it's about as streamlined as it's gonna get but you have to kind of admire just the confidence of the guy who doesn't have a fucking clue telling you that you're wrong about something you do for a living
1: it's bizarre isn't it because as you say you've been doing theme videos for years now and obviously brad was the first editor and then nisha and then myself and between three of us and any like contributions you have to the edit as well, like the fact that this is the streamlined process and this is as far as we've managed to uh, reduce the time it takes. But no, one person that doesn't actually know what Anything. goes on in the editing process—they all know these videos just know nothing. nothing,
0: and they hear that and go, "Well, clearly something's going wrong there. Clearly you're doing something wrong. How?" And again, I have to just appreciate and respect just the level of balls it takes to be that wrong that publicly
1: yeah so just, and I, I know that yeah. There's, there's some people that make a 15 minute video in two hours, there's some people that make a 15 minute video in a week depending on what you're fucking putting in that video like and, some people you know they put YouTube videos out of them just talking to a camera for 15 minutes but, and that's just cut out any flubs go up, that's the amazing. job done
0: Uh, it's it's, uh, incredible to me that that was in response to us saying direct-to-camera. People really don't know how long it takes to make a video, so we'd like to reveal that for people at home, and you say it takes this long, and we're like, well, clearly you're doing something wrong. (laughs) After two and a half years of doing it with no mistakes and never missing an upload date, clearly you're doing
1: something wrong. It's bizarre, and just, yeah, literally using the words, people do not understand what goes on behind the scenes. Well, clearly I know more than you guys, and you're doing something wrong. (laughs)
0: It's incredible, and uh, just h- how do you feel as like one of the editors when you see stuff like that?
1: Well, um, it's just a little bit disheartening because it, for me, who's not as an experienced um, editor, like literally this working on Fat Queen was my first editing job. Um, like it makes me feel a bit conscious about myself, and it disheartens me a little bit. But then mm-hmm. obviously I know that. Brad and Nisha are a lot more experienced than me, and they have a similar experience of how long it takes for them.
0: Yeah, and they're like guiding your um, hips, as it were, exactly. towards victory. And you, we even say in the video that you edit wiki weekends, which generally require less editing than the other ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're a bit easier on like up um, into the requirements they have because they don't have as much like um, uh, like rendering and background detail that has to go in exactly a regular yeah. fact finding video. But just, just just someone to see that I'm like, yeah, but. I'm not saying you have bad editors, but
1: they're doing something wrong.
2: It's like, fuck you, guy. Yeah. My
1: ass? The, you don't have bad editors, but they're doing like, something okay. wrong. Okay. So that's what your intention is to say, then. Either you have bad editors or you have slow editors, is what you're trying to say.
0: It doesn't matter. Like, I mean, I've always said the same thing to you guys. It's, um, I don't care how long... It, like, if you do it in an hour, or you do it in ten hours, like you'll get paid the same regardless.
2: Yeah, and and, um, you
0: get to a point, and you can confirm that any time you get given more footage than, generally, the limit is half an hour. If we ever have more than half an hour of footage, you pay, you charge me extra.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Because like,
0: it takes more time to edit just to like physically sift through that much footage to find the stuff that's um, necessary for a video.
1: Mm -hmm. Totally, and um, it's bizarre because like something came up on my like Twitter sphere over the past week or so where it was like. Oh, well, it turns out um, Assassin's Creed developers are cheating because they reskinned a piece of armor for a new piece of armor. And it's like, yeah, asset reuse is a common occurrence. Like, even back to the days of, like, fucking Atari and early Nintendo and shit like that. Like, at the end of the day, people reuse a lot of things and it would be almost stupid to not reuse things.
0: Why would you make it from scratch if you can just retool something?
1: Yeah, like, and the way I saw, like kind of put it in when I tweeted about it, it was just like, "Oh, okay, well, I'd love to see them make like, a yearly FIFA game from scratch every fucking year." Do you know the other one that I like as well, it's um, it's similar to what we're experiencing with this of people who don't
0: fucking have a clue how it's made getting annoyed about how it's made. Yeah, because in their head, it's easier, and it's like um, uh, and do you know when we talked about like Ninja not understanding um, oh, why can't kickers just always kick the ball perfectly? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, even if you don't understand why that's the case, the fact that, uh, so for context of that, he was Ninja, like, you know, known sayer of the N-word, was just loudly musing, why can't kickers in the NFL always score a field goal? Yeah, And even if you don't understand why they can't do that, the fact that professionals paid millions of dollars can't consistently do it would suggest that it's more difficult than you assume. You, mm-hmm. the, a person with no knowledge of what's going on, assume. And you can translate that to this situation here where... Um, The fact that asset reuse is so common, even in companies that have thousands of staff and millions of dollars worth of um, resources at Mm -hmm. their disposal, still do this, even if you don't understand why, suggests that it is either necessary or a commonplace occurrence. But the amount of people I saw doing that, like this is diabolical, why do they do this? Because, well, someone from the industry could probably tell you, but you wouldn't listen.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because you don't
0: understand, and you're not willing to listen. Because you're just gonna be st- stuck in your head that this is like lazy or whatever the
1: fuck. Mm-hmm, exactly, and that that's always the the word that people like to throw around, isn't it? Like lazy. So and I don't
0: understand mm-hmm. this thing, but I'm still going to talk about it like I do. Or I want to be addressed. Or speak about it with authority. Mm-hmm. And I want you to address my concerns. I always refer appear. back no. to
1: the saying of like, "Work smarter, not harder." And it's like, if you can like, use something you've already made in order to make a creative process quicker or easier for yourself, why the fuck would you not?
0: Isn't that the element of creativity?
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. That
0: was nothing more creative than reusing something. Um, so like, did like, you know,
1: Carl, that Daft Punk are lazy because they uh took sound samples from people?
0: Uh, the thing is, one of the most famous examples in all games and that people generally see as quite um, interesting is in Mario... The bushes in Mario Three are just reskin clouds.
1: I think it's Mario One. Oh, what, Mario I worry Mario One gets literally Super Mario Bros. Like the clouds and the the bushes are all the same sprite. They just call them differently, differently. Yeah. and no
0: one noticed. And whenever you say that fact, it's always like shared on, like, did you know? Or oh, today I learned. This, and it's like, wow, wow, that's so good. That's such. That's so ingenious. What a great like you know save a resource. So, like Mortal Kombat and um, mm. Scorpion and Sub Zero were to save memory space, like limitations generally result in the most ingenuity and um, progress being made in the spheres of the technology. Yeah. Because limitations mean that you have to be creative in like know how resources are used.
1: Yeah, and I think they've said like the reason that they could expand the roster so much between the games was because yeah, if you're reusing the assets for the ninjas, all you need to do is palette swap them.
0: And then you just give them your unique special moves and it lets you put in like, six extra characters. And that's something that this series is now defined by. It is multiple ninja characters, most of which are fan favourite characters.
1: Yeah, and um the, the reason decision- that Jigglypuff is one of the two Pokemon in Smash Bros. is because they could take the Kirby model and just put edit it. it a little bit. And they have the skeleton and already built and stuff, and it's like, yep.
2: yep.
0: And how many people are, like, oh we'll just take Kirby out of the game? It's like, and here's the thing, would you rather we can put an extra character in the game or we cannot?
1: Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, we can add jiggly to the game because it would be easy for our like development team to do or we could add nobody
0: yeah what would you rather us do obviously the, the question is going to be more content it's like same with like was it armor it's like we can put in like 50 different kinds of armor with minor visual differences by mm. just changing some things yeah and then give you a choice and you can customize your character in any way uh, you've got more like right? so we basically give you a choice you can have more stuff or no stuff mm mm-hmm. And it's like, super easy
1: for us to do. Um, I obviously talk about Destiny a lot, and a lot of the time it's like, oh, look, we'll reuse this gun model, give it a different skin and different stats, and therefore it's a new weapon.
0: Well, it is, yeah. From like a functional standpoint, it is brand new.
1: Yeah, but then there's people go, oh, yeah, but that's just lazy because it looks similar to this thing. And it's like, okay, we'll just not put new guns in then.
0: Cool. Do you know what I hate, though, when I buy a pair of shoes and it's just a reskin pair of the old shoes I bought? Yeah. <laughs> I hate when I buy a t-shirt and it's like like I've got a black t-shirt and then I've got a t-shirt and it's got like a um, a design on the front. It's like re-skinned. it's re-skinned. So lazy.
1: And one um, legendary reply I saw among all the replies was just um, someone, you know, using that video of like the most important device in all of movies. And it's like that one machine that's in the back of like a hundred different sci-fi films as random device. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Like they do it all the time, man. It's just so funny for people not involved in the process to just be like, "Well, it's fucking lazy, isn't it?" And
0: they're getting outraged by it, and again, it's the thing. If if it is a constant univer- if it is a constant, or something that's universally observed in the industry, and you don't understand why, the fact that it's universally observed in the industry suggests that there is a reason why, so that you don't understand what it is. <laughs> yeah. And it's a lot. Like, it'd be a lot easier and make more sense if you just shut the fuck up.
1: Yeah, and just let people do their fucking
0: jobs. Because you're going to come out looking like an idiot. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. And that's where you got like, the legendary one about Ninja. Where it's like you it started his tweet with, I don't understand. It's like, you just have to end it there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> just, I don't understand. You don't. So don't yeah, talk don't. about it. You clearly don't have like, the level of knowledge required to discuss this subject, so fuck you, shut up. So Speaking of which, oh. um, because this has not been recorded live, um, yes. we can't do Q&A from people that are live in chat for us. But we did both separately uh, put out a call for people to ask us questions on Twitter, didn't we, about our social medias. Uh, yeah, we did, yeah. So while we're both tracking those down, Lucas, would like to do, as you often do, is let people know where they can find more of your stuff.
1: Yeah, so you can find me making gaming content on YouTube and Twitch at Legend of Kanto. And then for me,
0: just Google Cal Smallwood, you'll find my stuff. There we go. And then without further ado, Lucas, do you have a question for us from your Twitter profile, which is at Kanto Legend again, isn't it?
1: Uh, at Canto Legend underscore, because oh. Legend of Canto was taken from like, yeah. a account that hasn't tweeted since 2014 or some shit. I hate when that happens. Um, but I haven't got anyone tweet to me, but I have, um because a lot of people can't make it live, in my Discord that you can find through my Patreon, I've mm-hmm. set up like just a podcast Q&A section on my Discord where oh, okay. at any point people can just leave questions now if they can't make it in a certain time or whatever. That sounds awesome. What do you want? So what have we got? So uh just one question and it's just about Final Fantasy games. Okay. Um, so someone's like, oh, I've played uh Final Fantasy like one, two, seven remake, twelve and fifteen, and just mm-hmm. like playing some through of uh seven as well. And they said Essentially, given that twelve was my favorite in terms of mechanics and characters, which Final Fantasy game would you recommend after Ten. I finish seven? Ten. Because if
0: you like 10, you can play 10-2. And 10-2 is, a cl- I think, closer to um, uh, Final Fantasy 12, If I correctly,
1: I don't... Well, they mentioned that um, they played 10 for a bit and gave up after a dragon fight on an airship, which doesn't mean much to me. Uh, that is a difficult battle, yeah. That's right towards the end of the game. So I guess they pretty much played
0: most of the game. And they didn't like it. Oh, right, okay
1: then, yeah. Uh, I wasn't was- sure how far that is in, so how much
0: they would have played yeah i think that's the beast of perseid so in which case you've know, you played most of the
1: series um yeah you, they have played the important ones i would probably suggest trying out like either 11 or um 14 because it seems like you're more interested in like the action based final fantasies you could like say that um Lightning Returns is a very, very action-based Final Fantasy, but then you would have to get through Final Fantasy 13 and 13 too, which are very yeah. traditional ones.
0: They've played most of the good ones from the series. And that's the thing of, um, I'm really hesitant to offer people advice on what to play because I don't know them. I don't know their personality. And I'm that's getting a snapshot yeah. into it. But um, yeah, I, my if you think something looks good and you've got the opportunity to play and it's not like going to put you out financially, try it. The worst that can happen is it doesn't gel with you and you've learned more about yourself because even if you and learn you don't like something you can still use that to inform future decisions
1: you can and i think like quite a lot of um, final fantasy games are now on like xbox game pass if you have access to that mm-hmm. which means that you know like you'll get a lot of them included within the price and you can pick up like a month for a quid uh, I, i've also seen a couple of friends say that they really enjoy like final fantasy 0 was it I've heard so, Like lines. There was a HD remake of that on PS4 and Xbox, so I think that one, again, is a bit more action-based and you could give that a try.
0: And if you get your hands on it, Crisis Core is also quite good. If you like oh, 7, okay. like Crisis Core is what it's difficult to get hold of. Cause I was like going weird... to say,
1: isn't that like, exclusive to PSP or something? Yeah, and it's
0: never been di- available digitally anywhere. And no, it's, God. it's kind of a shame, but it's um, a weird rights issue like a, a Japanese singer licensed his likeness in the game and then never gave him permission to republish it ever again (laughs) it's like for fuck's sake fucking gacked calm down man but yeah um, yeah like specifically Final Fantasy games but if you're liking just RPGs there's plenty of them out there
1: there's a lot yeah it
0: is an expansive expansive ass genre where there is so much for you to like there's so much meat on that bone
1: yeah and like I, I guess you know even if you're not looking at other Final Fantasies with interest like there's a ton of Dragon Quest games. Chrono Trigger.
0: All the classics. Chrono Trigger's fucking incredible. Like, if You've dipped your toes in that one, you've got all the classics for there, and then you've got like, the Dissidia... Uh, uh, Dissidi- no, so Dissidi- it's Tactics games, Final Fantasy Tactics games, they're super fucking good. I yep. fucking love the Final Fantasy Tactics games. Like, it's a different thing, but I adore those so much. I've still got one on, like Game Boy knocking about something. You're looking forward to Project Triangle Strategy, car. Only if it's still called that when it's released. <laughs> If it's called that, I'll buy it. Otherwise, I'm not having anything else.
1: <laughs> oh God! So, anything from your end?
0: Uh, There's a couple like people just like asking, um, like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We've talked about doing like a spoiler cast after it's over, but I'm not. It's been out for a week. There's nothing I can really say that's not going to be a spoiler, or someone's going to consider it to be a spoiler in this day and age. So I'm not going to say anything other than I'm watching it, yeah. and I'll watch the next episode. And Falcon and the Winter Soldier are both in it. They are. Yes. Have you seen as well? Like because of that. Um, uh, like because of division and that, like Paul Bettany and uh, Sebastian Stan have now been in more MCU movies than anyone else. Because they've been all four phases.
1: Oh, wow. Because they've been in it since the beginning, haven't they? Uh, oh, yeah, because obviously Paul Bettany is the voice of Jarvis as well. Yeah. yeah, so Paul Bettany has now been in more MCU movies and in more phases than like Iron Man. But it wasn't the holder of the record for a while, Black Widow. Uh yes. So but and she's gonna be
0: in a new movie, but I'm not sure if it's considered part of phase four, but they're all part of like a club of Yeah, they've been in all of them now. They're yeah, closing yeah. they're closing on Hugh Jackman. Still think he's still the rock the record holder with like twelve appearances over eighteen years or something like that. Oh wow. Obviously not MCU, but yeah. But he's like the a uh, character who reprised their role in a superhero movie for the longest. Mm. I think it's him tied with uh not tied with but um Patrick Stewart is also because he length of time but not specifically amount of movies
1: right okay yeah because I think like yeah Patrick Stewart wasn't in Wolverine and Days of Future but he has appeared in his reprise roles over the
0: same amount of time because he's in the first one and he's in the last one he's in Logan obviously
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, because, of course, he wasn't in, like, first class. He wasn't Days of Future Past, not first class, but then... But he is in Logan, which means he's he he's Logan. had the same yeah. length of time playing the same character, even though he's Effort. not been in as many
0: projects. It's good for him. Mm. Then we have one here, um, just asking if I've, like, heard specific kinds of... If I've heard a song or I've watched a TV show, which I find very odd questions to ask. Cause I, mm. I want to talk more about the question itself than the actual subject of it of... Um, like when we're streaming and things like that, it's like, have you played Insert Game? And the only thing I can really answer is yes or no, and I don't understand what people get from that.
1: Yeah, other than just going like, yeah, I've played it, I liked it, or yeah, I've played it, I didn't like it. I don't understand, especially when, you know, it's completely unrelated to what we might be playing. Like,
0: Yeah, presumably they want me to talk more about it, but with the prompt being, have, you, like for example here, have you ever heard the song The Devil Went Down to Scunthorpe by the Toy Dolls? Yes, I have. I, I'm not sure what else they want me to say beyond that, the question is asked, have I heard it? They don't ask me, am I a fan of the band? Presumably it's inferred by that, but I'm not mm. sure what they want to get out of that question, so I don't know how to answer it.
1: And I have not heard or heard of that song. Good band. So there you go. Toy Dolls, an old punk band from the 80s. I think they're still going.
0: They do with, um, a, re- a couple of really good covers.
1: Are they uh, are they playing in bars just hoping for the next big break? They probably still are,
0: but they're like
1: you know eighties and
0: punk, so they're probably doing it for the thrill.
1: Yeah, and that's the weird thing, isn't it? Of like that can't happen now. No, and I do uh, wonder what happens with projects like that. Yeah, it's going to be the... a shame with all the uh, the smaller music venues probably getting shut down. Probably yeah,
0: except for a couple. So that's why when everything um, goes back to normal, we have to support them as best we can.
1: Definitely,
0: yeah. Support your local business. Well, I've always been baffled by questions. Like, and I call them like first date or icebreaker questions. Yeah. And I just muse out loud. It's like when you go on a, an awkward first date and just... You, you end up asking the person, so, do you watch TV?
2: Yeah. And all you can say is,
1: yes. Okay. Like, right. do, do you... You know, like music. It's like yes,
0: and I think like there's a there's an art, It's not an art, was a skill to answer asking a good question.
1: Oh, a hundred
0: percent, yeah. And just ones like, have you seen TV show? That one to be asked like, um, uh, um, do you like do you have any thoughts on TV show or TV shows yep. like it? So actually, want to talk about something like that this week, and I completely forgot. So we can end on that. Cause I've been watching a lot of old police procedurals. Because I love police procedurals. I love yeah. those police procedurals with a gimmick, especially. Like The ones mm. like um, uh, Psych. Um, I think it's on me and my girlfriend are gonna watch next. And the one I'm watching at the moment is Bones. Which is the oh, gimmick, right, yeah. The gimmick is the lady um, is an anthropologist and looks at bones. And it's mm. like, how many plot points can you get out of the lady is good at guessing things from bones? Mm-hmm. And it's got 12 seasons. Ooh. And it's like, I wanna know by season eight, where the fuck are you finding these skeletons? How many possible situations can you find a (laughs) skeleton? And that's what I I love about them. But something Mm. I've noticed um, while watching just like episodes in the background is so many of these shows, police shows especially, have aged so poorly with things that have gone on in recent years like the Black Lives Matter protests and things. Because the amount of things these shows try and play off as good that are horrifying um, when you consider the wider implications. For example, in the show Bounds... Um, they go and they interview a guy in prison and the guy is uh, chained up and he's a serial killer he's an accused serial killer Hmm. and um, Bones the lady who is not a policeman officer but she is working with the FBI so she has no official credentials as an officer of the law but she is working in tandem so she has like protection in some way and this guy like puts his hand on her and she stands up and she slams his hand out and breaks his wrist and the show's like yeah fuck that guy like he broke his wrist, and they talk about it after the fact of like what happened to. Him? Oh, he broke his wrist; he's in the hospital, and everyone's like cheering, giving a high five. And then you think about it for a moment and what the show's actually telling you to celebrate, and that is someone violently assaulting a restrained prisoner and breaking their hand. <laughs> yeah, and good cop, Carl. And just think about and you can say I'm thinking about this too much, but like it's uh, something that's a lot of these shows have been undergoing like a, a critical reanalysis as like propaganda, I think the term that's been coined is it's just like shows that propagandize and lionise police officers and um, either whitewash or just completely ignore the ethical and moral implications of things that they do, like that one. And it's like watching these shows as well, something that's just um like kind of harrowing to see is how often a person asking for a lawyer is immediately frowned upon and framed as that person being guilty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, every time... Like, and you think about any show you've watched like a police officer's interviewing someone and the guy says, well, I want to speak to my lawyer first. And it's framed like, that guy's guilty, he's hiding something. And why it, no, Why do not general want
1: talk? Common sense is to not speak to cops without a
0: lawyer present. Yeah. And there's like countless stories of people being like, you know, railroaded by police officers without lawyers present into admitting crimes they did not commit and going to jail for it. Yeah. But think about how many shows you've watched where a person asked for a lawyer and the police officer's like, well, they're fucked. Like, how dare they impede this procedure? And they get mad about the idea of someone invoking their constitutionally guaranteed right to legal advice from a professional
1: when being questioned by the police. All the ones where it's not even like, oh, how dare you ask for a lawyer? It's like, no, you're not getting your fucking lawyer till we talk to you. All the ones of the guy, um, uh, like one that happens a lot is, have you got a warrant?
0: No, but why would, like, why are you not letting me? So it's like, "We'll come back when you got a warrant. And you see like, it happens multiple times in Bones, the guy's like, damn. So I know he's guilty. I know there's something in there right now. He goes, oh, if you do, go get a warrant then. Yeah, if you're that confident, do you go get a, job. do your job. Get a fucking warrant and then come back. But it's yeah. framed as like, oh look, he's trying to hamper our progress. No, he is legally within his rights. Say, you've got to have a fucking warrant before you can walk into my house and start tossing the place. Fuck you.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> and it's been it's amazing, not amazing, but it's, like, it's fascinating to watch it now with this like no new perspective in the wake of stuff like the Black Lives Matter process and just seeing how like just casually. People's rights in these shows are hand waved or like um, abused. Mm-hmm. Like the one of like the, the point of Bones is that she doesn't have um uh, a, she's not a police officer, and in ca- several episodes like she goes oh I want I'm oh, sorry the impetus for the plot is I want to work in the field so they pair her up with an FBI agent and the FBI agent in every other episode is telling her, look I'm gonna go arrest the subject stay in the fucking car. Stay in the car, I've got a gun. You don't, I'm trained to have a gun. Stay here, and she'll ignore him, follow him in. Oh, God. They'll get jumped by a suspect, and she will kick the shit out of the suspect and get into the floor. And I just think now, like, that case, like, looking at that, that guy's going to get off. Because the moment he goes to court and he just says, well, hey, how are you arrested? Well, someone who's not uh, someone affiliated with the FBI, but isn't an FBI agent, violently assaulted me and dragged me to the ground. Yeah. And then she'll usually as well, like put the boot in when they're on the floor. Mm-hmm. Or there's like one where... Um, uh, and it's something that I've, I didn't expect them to say, where the FBI agent, hand, she says, give me a gun. And he hands her a gun and she fires the gun into the air to cause like, some uh, animals to flee. And he looks at her and goes, you know that I have to fill in a form and account for every weapon or every round fired from my weapon, right? And she they wave it off. And it's like, well, yeah, that's the point. But in um, multiple episodes, he'll hand her his gun and she'll back him up. And in one episode, she shoots somebody. Fucking hell. And it's like, imagine now he's trying to explain that to his superiors. Of, so you gave a civilian your FBI-issued firearm, Brought her into a situation where you believed a firearm was necessary, and that there may be a danger to human life, and then she shot somebody. Yeah, and then the next episode they don't talk about it, and it's like it's insane. And you look at all. This. So, have you experienced anything like that? Maybe just to end on, like, is there any shows you've watched where you like, you know, with that more critical eye and just the general attitude like, fuck the cops?
1: Um, not really. Like, obviously, um, there's a few things in like Brooklyn Nine Nine that happen, but that's like a sitcom. And even okay. then, though, the sit- it makes it kind of worse that it's a sitcom because
0: they make a joke out of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was actually going to bring something up of, like, I, you know, talking about cop things in general. Yes. For the first time, like, it's been on my watch list for years and years. I've been meaning okay. to watch it. I watched the movie Seven. Okay. And I was just like, man, apart from, you know, one actor, the you know, you shouldn't <laughs> really talk about like, fucking hell. Is it Kevin that, Spacey? That movie, yeah, exactly. Oh, I was trying to remember who it is and is in that movie. It's Kevin Spacey, isn't it? Um, yeah, and, you know, whatever you can say about his performance, like, he's not bad and we don't like him anymore. So He was a great fuck actor, Kevin that's Spacey, got, but. That's how he got the uh, for so long. Yeah, and, like, God, that is one of those movies where I'm like, I know this movie's 26 years old, but goddamn, it holds up apart from that actor's appearance. Mm mm-hmm. And like, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but...
0: I've seen it once or twice like, a lot of times, and I believe that's David Fincher, isn't it?
1: It is David Fincher, and yeah. And he
0: is a known stickler for stuff like that, and he is a huge um, uh, like nerd for details, and he always makes sure he gets things absolutely right in mm. regards to that. So I can believe that that movie would hold up with with him having a hand in it.
1: Yeah, it really does. It gives you, albeit a very 90s feel, a very like down-to-earth feel of what it's actually like to be a cop and just have to put up with this shit of, like, oh, well, great, I'm, like, you know, literally taking my work home with me and poring over it. But, yeah, like just anyone that hasn't watched that movie and heard about it or is only just it. now hearing about it, like, go check it out, because, man, it's great. I
0: absolutely recommend Seven. Like, it's I watched it many years ago, and there's a couple of scenes that still stick in my head.
1: Yeah, and I'd seen, like, you know, the meme part of the ending... Mm -hmm. And even then, I haven't actually had the ending spoiled to me through the internet. I got a different impression of what the ending was going to be.
0: It's hard to spoil that ending, though, because it's ambiguous. That's why it's so good. That's why the ending's so good. And we won't talk about it anymore for a big Even though it is a lot of very old, it is something that people absolutely need to experience themselves.
1: Yeah, and I still, like, the day after was sat there, like, rifling over the details in my head of, like, well, what... Like, the the ending can be, you know, interpreted in different ways, and I'm like, oh, man, but what about if it's, like, this way and this way? And I love that kind of, sh- like, show or movie or whatever. It does
0: give you, like, you know, a realistic look into, uh, I guess, like, somewhat realistic. I don't recall any egregious examples of, like, um, abuses of authority.
1: In Nothing movie. massively stood out to me, now,
0: Other than, like, you know, the guy to being obsessed, which you mm-hmm. can imagine. But, like, so many shows, like I said, of watching Bones. It's me and my girlfriend, we're getting infuriated. But it's the things that the main character is doing. Yeah. Like uh, pouring out evidence. Mm-hmm. Like they'll go to a crime scene and she'll just walk up and just start pouring out the evidence. And it's like, well, that's not admissible in court anymore. Because <laughs> we made the, we made the same, but we watched uh, The People versus O.J. Simpson. Mm. Where that gives you, like, it's a really great rundown of what happened to that. It shows you how a slimy, a high-paid lawyer, can just cast doubt on any like a slam dunk case can be won by the opposition if you can cast enough doubt and just do enough bullshit or there's enough like um uh, like shenanigans gone on behind the scenes in regards to the police. Right. And just yeah. the moment I see her walk in in her like there's like, oh, she's about to go out for a, a night out. Oh, a crime's happened, so she goes to the crime scene in like a, a fucking dress and high heels. And she'll walk into a crime like, scene and she's pouring at stuff with like makeup on and, uh, and nails done. It's like, well, now everything has been tangled. Nothing can be used. Every single thing she's handling and touching is no
1: longer admissible in court. And, and I love it. When it's that bad and the movie is still just acting like everything is fine, it is infuriating to watch because even with a loose understanding of how crime scene investigation works, like even the layman will know, like, no, that's not fucking allowed. But then just the other stuff of, like, when they're interrogating suspects... And she's
0: mm. in the booth interrogating them with them. It's like, you're not a police officer. And let's say she assaults people during interrogations on camera. Mm-hmm. And then, like, that guy's going to walk because all his lawyer needs to do is get that fucking footage. And yeah, like, all
1: they need to prove is that a cop invited a civilian in to beat this man up. Yeah, Or shoot like, them, apparently. It's like,
0: how is she still working with the FBI when she's doing nothing but assault people? And, like, <laughs> like just... Constantly asking for a gun. It's like I'm not going to give you my gun. Please mm. stop asking for my gun so you can shoot somebody. <laughs> oh, is it to, is, I, I highly recommend um, just going and watching those old procedurals.
1: Mm-hmm. Not even
0: old, just like procedural like that. It's like uh, X Files is another one that I watched on and off. And just yeah. how often Fox Mulder just draws his gun and points it at people <laughs> because that's like you know it's the tropey thing, isn't it? Of like, um, oh no, quick, everyone get down on the floor. Pulls his gun out. Yeah, yeah. And then, in your mind, you think, this is terrifying. This is actually mm. terrifying what the show is trying to normalise, and that is immediately escalating to pulling out your gun and threatening to shoot someone.
1: Yeah, and I think that happens quite often in um, Dexter as well, like where they'll do stuff like that, just casually just point guns at civilians or... Beat the shit out of people before they've got any evidence.
0: It's like, and how often, as well, in um, cop shows and stuff, do you see them point their gun at someone running away? Yeah, um, which you're not allowed to do. If people are wondering that, that is a big, big no no. It is, um, I, I think, against the Geneva Convention to shoot fleeing combatants or unarmed combatants with their back turned. But police oh, really? officers, yeah, it's against like you are not allowed to shoot either people have given up. Um, Hmm. people who are unarmed with their back turned or in the process of surrendering that is considered to be a war crime and now think about how many stories you've heard of police officers shooting people who are doing exactly that (laughs) and then think about how many TV shows you've seen where an FBI agent or a police officer who is supposed to be the hero like not even shows like um, The Shield or stuff where they're they're corrupt cops but they're good cops pulling out their gun and pointing at people who are running away and threatening to shoot them Because that's like, you know, what Hollywood thinks happens in those situations. And it's like, you know, action packed. And then think about seeing that so much and how normalized it is, and then how Mm. horrifying it is the implications are in the real world of what they're doing.
1: Yeah, as you say, it's the fact that they're playing those cops off as good guys and that they would get away with it. And it's like, we know that they're good guys,
0: and we know generally the people that they're doing this to are guilty. But a a fun thing that I've been doing. Um, Like this shows like um, how I approach media and the kind of weird nerd that I am is putting imagining um, if I am a casual observer in this scene and I don't have the um, like the insight that a viewer does, which is I know everything. I've got the omnipotence of knowing this person guilty Mm -hmm. and putting myself in an objective position of seeing this just as it's presented without the knowledge that the person is guilty and you just have like a police officer screaming in court. I know they did it, and the jury's like, "Oh yeah, okay." I mean, client's like, "What?"
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing because as a viewer, we've probably been shown things outside of the uh, protagonist perspective, where we yeah. know that that bad guy, quote unquote, is guilty. We know but that, yes. That cop doesn't have admit like a, um, I- any like hundred percent guaranteed evidence that they are.
0: Oh, like I said, like situations where you see them arresting a subject, and you have like bones delivering a karate kick to a guy, <laughs> yeah. and then putting literally putting the boot in, like when they're on the floor, just sticking that extra boot in, just because they like saying corner a bitch or something like that, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to like a cool character hero moment. Now imagine you're a casual observer looking out your window, and you see a guy lying on the floor, and just like a police officer kicking the shit out of them while they're on the floor with their hands up, and a gun's trained on them.
1: Well, that's literally clips that have been uh, around over the past year of like, look how fucking awful and corrupt these cops are. They're beating people up while they've surrendered or they're handcuffed.
0: And think about how many times you see that in TV shows and it's played off as the person being a badass. Yeah. It's it's like, uh, I'm not going to say it's fun, but it is eye-opening. And if someone out there is thinking, I'm taking this too seriously or reading too much into this, it's worth pointing out that. They scrapped every episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine that had been written for the next season in the wake of the Black Lives Matter protest because they realised themselves, oh, we're part of like the normalization of treating people like this because we're treating police officers as infallible and we're not questioning what they're able to do. So when a comedy show has the ability to introspect that much.
1: Yeah, they all said that we need to reevaluate how we have written the show and change going forward. So yeah. Fucking Brooklyn and I-9 are doing that.
0: Yeah, when a comedy show acknowledges it. so mm. like it is, uh It is made... It's made watching those shows so much more interesting. I'm presumably I, darker. Yeah, it makes them so... It makes us well infuriate. It means I don't like any character in them. Like, yeah. The the most likable character in Bones is the conspiracy theorist. He's like, I fucking hate the system. I want to bring it down from within. And he's clearly supposed to be the guy you don't like when you're watching the show because he's like constantly undermining and telling everyone "Look, you're doing it wrong you're just like the arm of the authoritarian government and you're like oh no well, they always get that it's like, no he's right <laughs> he's right because like earlier in this episode they had an unarmed person on the floor at gunpoint that Bones is kicking with high heels god and it's like oh no it's great go watch Bones go watch Bones fuck
2: that main character